Hey there. Uh, before we get started, uh, we just wanted to kind of uh, bring something up that, that doesn't really have anything to do with our topic, topic today. today. But uh, as we're recording this uh, on Sunday, November 20th, 2022, uh, we got the news that uh, Jason David Frank, uh, known for his work on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, has passed away. And uh, we felt that we should, you know, at least give this a mention, give him a little tribute at the beginning of the show here, uh, because he is, I would say, a wildly popular character and personality with our audience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, of course, you know, most of you will know, but uh, uh, for those that do not, he is most well known for portraying Tommy. Tommy the yeah, Green Ranger. Yeah, Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger. Uh, he also was brought back for the White Ranger later on in the series, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, but uh, unfortunately, he took his own life. And we wanted to mention, um, you know, this because I know, you know, we, we have been there, uh, you know, struggling mentally at times in our lives. And there's always someone there to talk to. Um, so if, you know, if you guys need help, reach out. It's 988. You can call that number or you can text or you get on their website and there's a chat option also. So if, if you need, you know, any help, reach out to someone. There's always someone available to talk to. You do not have to go through whatever you're going through alone. Um, and just, a, you know, a little rundown. If you look at, at, uh, at Jason David Frank's, uh, like his IMDb, anything that really had to do with Power Rangers, this guy was a part of. Yeah, uh, you can almost say he was—he's he, one of the most recognizable faces of the Power Rangers. I, I would say so. And I mean, I wasn't a big Power Rangers fan, but I mean, the few times I've seen him, at least here in town or at cons, he's really one of the only ones I recognized. Yeah, and you know, I've—I've I've seen him. Not really interacted with him, but I have seen him interact with his fans. And, you know, at various cons and things, he always had a crowd. Yep. He always had people that went to the con just to see him. They would go to see other people, but that was their main goal of, of going to the con. Yeah. He was announced, they bought their tickets. Uh, and he was always very, very good with his fans. Um, so, and, and yeah, he, he loved his fans. He, he did love his fans. Um, some things that people, you know, may not have known about him. I mean, if, if, uh, you know, if you were a casual Power Rangers fan, uh, the man was actually an accomplished martial artist. And undefeated. Uh, undefeated in MMA action. He had uh, one professional bout and four amateur bouts, um, all won by submission uh, in the first uh, first round. So, I mean, he was, uh, you know, he, he proved it on and off the screen. Um, the guy was a legitimate badass. Yes, he was. Um, so, you know, what more can you say? We are sorry that our listeners and his fans are grieving the loss. Um, if you guys need help, reach out to someone, please. Um, and, uh, again, that number is 988. Yeah, 988. You can text, you can call, or you can get on the website and have a chat with them. There's always someone there to listen. And, Trust me, there's always someone to listen to you. So, I think the most 
you know, fitting tribute we can do is maybe play his theme song. Yeah. Uh, before the show starts here. So uh, rest in peace, uh, Jason David Frank. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, 
our feature presentation. The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. four thumbs and is more excited than a Vegas showgirl on a whole bottle of caffeine pills? That's right, Corey and Mikey, the Retro Renegades. And this week on the Power Hour, we're talking 90s teen television programming. Whether you're more of a drama fan, like Dawson's Creek, Party of Five, and 90210, or more into comedies, like Saved by the Bell, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, and Freaks and Geeks, we got it all for you right here. Man, can you imagine if somebody would have given Jesse Spano an 8 while a Coke? <laughs> she thinks many things are exciting. Wow, what a fucking mess that would have been. Hey there, how's it going? Uh, welcome. To Hello! Retro Renegades, Pop Culture Power. I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We did test shit this time, so we're not going to have any of those little mishaps like we did last week. Last week was fun, though. Yeah, last week was a blast. Yes, it was. A lot of good feedback from last week. Yeah, we had a ton of good feedback. Man. Yeah. Did we so... get any phone calls or anything? Um, I, you know, I didn't even look, but I don't think so. I could, I could look, but, uh, yeah. Did our Asian lady call? Uh, you know, she hasn't called in a while. Um, I wonder what's going on with her. I don't know. So what's been going on with you? What have you been up to this week? Um, I don't know. What did I do this week? I think I worked. Well, I know you worked. I think that's pretty much all I did. Really? I think so. Hmm. Did I do anything else? I got a flu shot. It kind of knocked you on your ass, it? knocked it? me on my ass yesterday, yeah. 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 You, you slept a lot yesterday. I, yeah, I, I took that. naps and just felt like hell. Maybe check my temperature. I didn't have a fever, though, so that was good. But my head was floating all day. Your head was floating? Floating. I had to keep... It was on a string. Huh? It was, like, full of helium. That's interesting. And so every time I'd get up, I'd hit the ceiling fan, and my head would go one way, and my body would try to catch it. <laughs> Did it make that sound like when a balloon hit? It's like, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, no, we don't have any voicemails. Oh, damn it. Yeah. So, um, man, I just worked and floated around the, the house. Oh, you floated too, huh? I didn't. I didn't float. Oh. No. Oh, don't. Yeah, yeah, I floated. You floated. That's what you did. And I watched a lot of Netflix yesterday. Yeah? And some shows were really cool. I don't remember what shows I watched, but they were really <laughs> cool. You're, you're floating that good. Yeah. You know, so I, I watch a lot of Peacock. And you watch a lot of what? Peacock. Okay, just, Pe- just Pe- making sure. Peacock. Because um, I know you. Yeah. So, they just put on two horror movies that I have been wanting to see. They put on Smile and they put on Nope. Nope was actually really good. I, I liked it. I wanted to watch both of these. I was I went in I went in not knowing. Yeah. And I was impressed. I still don't know much about either one. I really I've, I've avoided spoilers. I've avoided. Reviews just because I haven't paid attention, um, but they they put both of them on like within within the last couple of days. Yeah, I still haven't watched the Weird Al movie, uh, which is on the Roku channel. Still have not watched that. So there's three movies that I really want to see. So what what did you watch this weekend? Uh, reruns of The Office <laughs> that I've seen already. That's kind of like when I was supposed to research. I can't remember where I was. Supposed You're to supposed research. to research zombie movies. Yeah, and I ended up watching all of the Wishmaster movies. Yes. Yeah, you did. That, that was, yeah. That, 
That was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, but we've got our shit together now. So uh, after n- doing this for nearly two years, we actually have like the next eight weeks planned out. Yeah, we, we've, we're way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we have the topics planned out. Um, that don't know how that's going to affect the quality of the show. It's probably going to stay about the same, but uh, you seem to enjoy that. So, you know, we're it, not going to change the quality. No, it, we might have a little more research, or I might be able to do some research on my end to make my job of editing easier or something like that. But uh, we do. We have the next. I think we the next eight weeks planned out yeah. topics, which is really kind of cool. I think we're uh, we're up to our season premiere. No, we're two weeks past that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're two weeks past that. So we've got some cool things in line, and, and we might uh, we might give you little tidbits and little hints of uh, what we're going to do. You know, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. We'll, we'll decide. But Depends uh, on our mood. It really does. Everything depends on our mood. Uh, we in the mood to talk about what we're going to talk about today? Oh, yeah. Okay, well. So back, uh, we... When I noticed them, it was probably late 80s, mid to late 80s, Yeah, but definitely in the 90s. It seemed like TV shows kind of shifted a little bit. They tried to capture a different audience. And, and them damn teenagers. They went, yeah, they went after the teenagers. The damn kids. And I think it, where we're going to notice it the most is when Fox became... Like the fourth station, yeah, because they were no longer like the UHF. Yeah, we always had, you know, the 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 typical, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS. We always got those on antenna. Cable wasn't really a big thing. Sometimes you can get yeah. four, sometimes you can get Fox. Every now and again, you could get a Fox channel. Uh, but when Fox became a major network, and they jumped over, you know, to the the main tier, then. They were targeting younger people. Yep. But Fox was new. It was hip. It was, yeah, it was the hip it was, station. Yeah, it was the young station. Yeah, you know, because well, then Fox was the first one that had like the the cartoons after school mm-hmm. that was on Fox. And now they're middle aged and they suck. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just bullshit. It's bullshit. But when we first noticed it, or at least when I first noticed this trend, you know, like a TV show that I was like, hey, that looks like something. Someone my age, or maybe someone a little bit older than me, would watch, but not much older. So definitely, you had to watch it. So I tried. Yeah, I wanted to give it a shot, you know. And I wouldn't. I would miss it. I, I would stumble across it as I was flipping through. But this wasn't on Fox. No, this was on actually PBS. Um, and when I when I caught it, it had to have been Degrassi Junior High, because I know that you know that that was that came out in about eighty seven. And I know that I was not in junior high yet. So I was eight. Yeah, I was not eight. I was like ten. I'm a couple years older. I don't know how old are you? Uh, uh, forty-six. See, I'm gonna be forty-three. So you were like eleven. Yeah. Okay. So I was like eleven. I'm um, not in junior high yet. No. I, I was in like sixth grade, maybe fifth grade. I might have been in fifth grade. Fifth actually. grade. Yeah, so I might have been. Daughter's eleven. She's in fifth grade. Yeah, I might have been in fifth grade. Because um, I was one of the younger ones in my class. Maybe I was in fourth grade. Fuck, I don't know. Um, you held back. No. No, I was not. Uh, you were that one kid. Yeah. You were the one kid in elementary school that could buy cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I did. 
But that was allowed back then. Like, my dad would call up to the bar up the street and be like, Mike's coming up, give him two packs of uh, Walter Raleigh soft pack, filterless cigarettes. And they'd be like, all right. Or I could go to the little general store and put it on our tab. I think we talked about that last week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and the Walter Raleigh cigarettes. I don't even think they make Raleigh's anymore. But my dad smoked Raleigh's. They were filterless. And they were one of the first cigarettes that I remember that came with Raleigh Bucks. Raleigh Bucks. Yeah, we were just talking about yeah, this we earlier. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. They came with Raleigh Bucks. Before we started recording. And, yeah, yeah I've been here for three hours, and we've been talking. Um, so, uh, yeah, they had those Raleigh Bucks. I don't know what you could ever redeem them for, but I remember they looked like two, like, stamps on the back. Yeah. But they were big. They are like the size of a cigarette pack, and you get two stamps with each, with each pack of cigarettes. And then they got smaller. They were Camel Bucks and Marlboro Miles and all that jazz. But Pepsi Points. Pepsi Points, yeah. That's why I just watched what we were talking That's about. That's why we were talking about it. We I was watching that, that Pepsi, Where's My Jet? That was crazy. That's, That's a yeah, that was crazy nuts. fucking story. We will have to, maybe we'll do something. About the Pepsi Challenge. Uh, yeah, about the, about like the giveaways that they, crazy marketing schemes that they did. We'll do something. But anyhow. Not this season. Probably not this season because we've already got our season mapped out. We do, and today Look we're at us, talking. We're all mature. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to veer from our plan. No, we're until, not going to veer from the topic until we do. Until we actually do, and we'll finally get back to the topic. Yeah, which is Degrassi Junior High at the moment. Yes, not Pepsi. So, um, Degrassi Junior High it was a Canadian television show. Uh, actually, this thing it was uh, there were like five of them, I think four or five at least. There was the Kids of Degrassi Street that was the, you know, like the first show. And then this one was was a successor. It didn't directly spin off, but it just kind of evolved into Degrassi Junior High. So this must not have been a very big town if they had the Kids of Degrassi Street and then they had Degrassi Junior High. Well, it was probably on Degrassi Street. Could have been. Yeah. But then the high school there must have been like right next door. My high school was next door to my elementary. Well, your high school is also, your town is also like like six people in it. Well, yeah. The town that I live in has 100. Oh. The town I went to school in has like 1,500. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's big. Big city. Big city living. Metropolitan area. <laughs> yeah. Would you call it a metropolis? Uh, no, that's where Superman lives. That's true. Yeah. Um. So... It, it basically just kind of, uh, it dealt with these kids. It put them in like soap opera type situations. And I don't think that had really been done with kids before. No, and you know, and they actually talked about stuff that you would not talk about on a kid show. They talked about stuff you didn't talk about on adult shows, actually. Yeah, back then. Back then. Uh, things like substance abuse, child abuse, teen pregnancy, homophobia, racism. That's just in the junior high. Yeah. Um, they had uh, interracial relationships, HIV, alcoholism. Um, more act, more of the action taking place outside the classroom, stuff like that. Well, the lunch lady, it, the lunch lady, the lunch rooms. Oh yeah. Um, so she made sloppy Joe, sloppy Joe, sloppy sloppy Joe. I covered that song once on guitar. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so this this show, Degrassi Junior High. It gathered it gathered a, a cult following, and it was rerun in syndication throughout the '90s. And there were a lot of reunions that took place. Um, 
for this show. Now, it did spawn kind of a spinoff, if you want, called Degrassi High, because these kids had to get old enough. Degrassi Junior High lasted three years. Then Degrassi High lasted another three years. So it's following basically in real time these kids, these kids, which is is interesting because that's something else that wasn't really done. No, you know, I. So when they when they moved to high school, it just furthered the other problems. Got to be more high school, more grown up, I guess, you know. Yeah, they talked about, let's see, they they had the focus, they focused on a lot of controversial topics. They really did. Um, pregnancy, drugs, racism, sexuality. Uh, they had abortion, just different, you know, they, they, they went there, and you got to remember, this is Canadian, so it, they were more open to discussing these things. With their heads bobbing around. Yeah, they had floppy heads, and they're, they're, is, is Canada even a real country anyways? I think so. <laughs> Blame calling, Canada. Calling, calling everybody buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's only on South Park. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to make clear, we love Canada. I'm not allowed in Canada at the moment, <laughs> but we do love Canada. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, 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 I have to write a letter to the government if I want to go to Canada. Oh, you mean, you're not, you mean Canada. Canada's um, what people call North North Dakota. Yeah, but I'm not allowed there. <laughs> I cannot cross the border. That is Northern North Dakota. I have... DUIs on my criminal record, and they do not like that. No, they don't. Uh, yeah. So, they don't want me up there, apparently. Remember the movie Canadian Bacon? Yeah, I do. They, <laughs> was it, was uh, that the one where they start a fake war with Canada? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, Degrassi High, again, putting high school kids in a soap opera type did you see that quick change I did there? I did. But they, they put they put high school kids in a soap opera type setting. And it hadn't been done. So these two shows basically are the mold for the other shows that we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. I, I would say. Um, this thing won awards. It, you know, like Canadian awards. It. Uh, <laughs> what is a Canadian award? They got, they got the Golden Moose. Yeah, yeah, it won the the Chris, <laughs> the, the Chris Award. Um, it's I don't know what the fuck the Chris Award stands for, but uh, it won a Prix Genose, which is uh, French Canadian. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, and it, I don't know what the hell that is either, but uh, it won them. I mean, it's award winning. You win an award, you don't. Ask what the hell's that award? You just say I'm award winning. I'm award winning. Yes, we're award winning. We are award winning. We we won a uh, a potty. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we won a potty. We did. We yeah. I pottied earlier. I know. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> we also made up the potties. We did. <laughs> <laughs> there are awards, but we we won. <laughs> Along with all of our friends, yes, we we were all we winners. All, we're all wi- or potty winners. Yeah, in our respective uh, in our respective categories, which yeah. we also made up. And they're not gold either; they're yellow. <laughs> yeah, it's spray painted. Um, so the uh, the Degrassi thing, it they it, it was so popular that <laughs> stupid <laughs> the potties. Yeah. Hey, fuck it, we're award winning. Uh, um, <laughs> we need to put that on our on our Facebook. 
<laughs> so the, the, the Degrassi thing. So the first three are considered the classic era of Degrassi. And then nine years later, because of the reunions and the the cult fan, you know, the cult following that they had, uh, they made Degrassi the next generation. So that, you know. That's when Jan Sal and Bob were on it. I, they were not on Degrassi. Yes, they were. Jay and Silent Bob were on Degrassi. Yes. What the fuck are you talking about? Dead serious. I'll what? show you. Hold on. Okay. Oh, come on. Come on Jay come on. and Silent Bob were on Degrassi. Yeah. And this sounds like bullshit. Jay. Was this in one of the movies or something? No. Degra- they were in an episode of Degrassi. Right there. Jay and Silent Bob do Degrassi. I'll be damned. In like 2005. Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess sometimes you do know what you're talking about. You've been drinking bang, haven't you? Uh, no, I've been drinking my monster, my bang. I, I brought you a bang. I brought you a delicious bang. I know, and it hasn't been opened yet because I was already drinking this one. I'm going to open mine. Bang moment. Ah, there, we there we go. So, a little sidebar. I went to the Dollar Tree last night, and I. Uh, oh, shit, my bang's overflowing. Uh oh. So I went to the uh, the Dollar Tree, and I hate it when I bang and it overflows. I know it it overflowed on me there a little bit. Got a little bit on my hand here. Um, <laughs> Need a towel. But I didn't get it on the computer. <laughs> That's good. Um, so the Dollar Tree where everything's like a dollar twenty five. Yeah, the dollar twenty five tree. Well, yeah, but I I went in and my goal going in I was I was told that they carry Zoa. Energy drinks mm-hmm. for a dollar twenty-five, and Which they, I think we talked about last week too. We that's did. The that's drink. the Rock's drink. I was told they carry that for a dollar twenty-five. It smells like it smells like strudel and pie and, and, pie. and hay. It smells like 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 dirt and hay, but um, because green tea. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, kind of smell like dirt and hay. But anyhow, I was told that they carry that, and it's a buck twenty-five a can. Well, I went in there and I did not find any Zoa, but what I did find is a whole shelf full. Of the flavor of bang that we cannot find around here, which is champagne. So I bought like... Champagne. Champagne. So I bought like a dozen cans. And then I I got down because I wanted more. They only had like six of them on this one area and I grabbed them all. And then I looked and there were some on the bottom shelf. I'm like, oh, so I I crawled on the ground. Started pulling them forward. And I found two cans of a flavor I have never seen. I'm going to try it tomorrow for the first time. What flavor was it? Root Beer Blast. Oh, wow. I didn't even know it existed. No. And I found two cans of it. Now I'll probably never find another can, and it's going to become my favorite flavor. Because they're going out of business. You know, yes, maybe. maybe but yeah, I, it, certain places, they have it everywhere. So I got that. So I bought like a dozen, over a dozen bangs there. I bought uh, six. I found this Pineapple Monster. That I've never seen before, so I bought six wow. of those. It's an energy juice. It's fruit juice with energy in it. And it's like pineapple mango. It's tropical. Nice. And then I walked around. I was like, what else do I need here? They had these foil pans. You know, like the foil pans you get at the nice restaurants for takeout. And it's like a little foil pan with a shiny lid that crimps down on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they put lasagna in and shit. They had those for like a dollar. And I use those when I cook because I cook in my little oven. Um, I use them because I can keep leftovers in it. I can throw them away. I was like, fuck yeah. So I stocked up on those. Fuck yeah. Then I walked down 
the fucking candy aisle by mistake. I got, well, I wanted to see what all they had. Get some Mike and Ike's? Oh, fuck, you wouldn't believe all the shit that I got. Um, (laughs) And I'm not a big candy eater. But apparently last night I was in the mood for some candy. Because I spent like 80 bucks at the the Dollar Tree. Holy shit, I bet you they were pissed when they were trying to check all that shit out. One dollar, one dollar, one dollar. And my my cashier apparently had OCD because I was setting stuff out of my cart. And she was separating it on the belt and ringing not only like the cans of energy drink together, but the flavors of energy drink together. Oh, shit. So So I'm setting them up there and she kept looking at my cart and she could see I had another champagne. She waited for it. I set it up there. She was not yeah. messing around. No. Um, I, I got, fuck, I got all kinds of shit. I got, like, some hot wing sauce that I want to try for, it probably make me shit myself. You got dollar store hot sauce. Hot wings. Hot wings. Yeah, buffalo sauce. Oh. I got some, uh, I got some, uh. Yeah, you're going to crap yourself later. Uh, lemon herb uh, marinade that I actually put on some chicken breasts earlier that was very good. I got, uh, that's something else. What the hell else did I get? I got some something else in a jar like that. That, that I don't remember what the fuck it was. But, um, yeah. And then, like, all this gummy candy and... So that's a problem. You had too many gummies. No, I actually didn't have any before I went. Um, and that's surprising me. I looked, I looked at my cart and I'm like, it looks like I'm stoned to the bejesus, but I'm not. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I have all this gummy candy and, like... Uh, only banana, Laffy Taffy, and oh, those are good ones. I love. Yeah, those. they had a bag of only only banana. Nice. Um, I got these marshmallow things. I, so then I went to Hy-Vee, the grocery store, and I bought eighty bucks worth of groceries there, <laughs> which is like three meals, two things of ice cream. Uh, they had other flavors of Bang there, so I stocked up on about another dozen cans of Bang there. Oh my God, dude! Well, I want it because my little local gas station doesn't carry it anymore, and so I I stocked up there. And then I went home after I ate a bag of marshmallows and (laughs) a bag of gummies and a bag of coconut macaroons from the Dollar Tree. Those are good. Yeah, I got home and I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like fucking eating nothing. So I did. And then later I got a little hungry. So I had some tortillas. Oh, I know what else I got. I got a Dollar Tree um, taco sauce, a big bottle of it. Oh, nice. And so I got hungry. I got some tortillas, some cheese. Put Dollar Tree uh, taco sauce on it. Put that in the microwave, and some pickled jalapenos. That sounds good. What do you think that did, Jimmy? Yeah, shit. It was green. That's even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if there's something wrong with me or not. No, it's it's probably between that, the bangs you drank, and all the other shit you ate. It, it was probably some weird dye in the marshmallows or something. What color were the marshmallows? Rainbow. Oh yeah. They were like unicorn horns. You got that yeah, you got that that green dye number 47. Yeah. Or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know what it's called, but yep, yeah, it uh it affected me. Yep, so don't uh don't go to the dollar store. Don't go to the dollar tree with me. That's yeah. You know. You go you know what? Go to the dollar tree, but just not with Mikey. Not with me because you'll buy a bunch of shit you don't need. Cuz you know, the dollar tree's actually pretty. They got some pretty good stuff. Oh yeah, they got great stuff and uh, I really enjoyed my time there. I just spent way too much fucking money. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, what the fuck were you talking about? Degrassi. No, I think we're done with that. So, after Degrassi, we're going to jump around. This isn't going to go in order. It never does. <laughs> we, there is no order. Yeah. It's so, just chaos. 
But now it's organized chaos because we got a plan. Yes, we do. So it's it's even better. So the next show we want to talk about, which we feel was at least influenced by the Degrassi movies or TV shows, um, Party of Five. Party of Five. Uh, yeah, that's the next one I had on my list. It's perfect. Well, I know because we organized. We actually, we actually did them in order. I told you them in order. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had my notes. From my notes. Your notes. My notes. Your, I have fucking notes. Your notebook. Well, yeah, it was on my, my computer, but it's my notebook. Um, so, Party of Five. Uh, Party of Five came out in 94. So, I would have been a senior in high school. Uh, you would not have been. You would have been... Freshman. Probably about a freshman. So, what the basic idea is on the Party of Five, it's five siblings making the Party of Five. They become orphans after their parents were killed in a car accident. And the family, the oldest is 24 years old. And his name's Charlie. Is that Jeremy London's character? Uh, Matthew Fox. Oh, yeah. Matthew Fox. Wait, so there's a Matthew Fox and a Scott Wolf on the same show. There is. And they play siblings. And it's got my one of my favorite, favorite actresses of all time in it. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's the 24-year-old. He's a... Uh, the people used to give me shit for liking her. Why? They said she looked like a rat. So? I'm like, you know what? Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. I like rats. Um... So, the oldest, Charlie... I'll eat her cheese. I don't care. <laughs> eat her cheese. So, anyways, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah. Charlie is uh, 24. He's womanizing, immature, manual laborer who struggles with the responsibility of being the new head of the family. The next one is Bailey, played by Scott Wolf. He is a rebellious teen that's forced into the role of being the responsible caretaker. Later, he veers into alcoholism. I wonder why. Then you have 15-year-old Julia, played by Nev Campbell. Mm. She's, a, <laughs> she's a sensitive teen. She was sensitive in everything she was in. And then there's the 11-year-old Claudia, played by Lacey Ch- uh, Chobert. Chobert. She, Sherbert. We'll call her Lacey Sherbert. Lacey Sherbert. And uh, she's a, a child prodigy musician. And then there's a baby named Owen, and he's one year old. He had no lines. No. His his whole thing in the show was to cry and shit himself. Yep. That was all he got paid for. Yep, pretty much. And he was always spot on. Yeah, he always got his life. Sometimes he did extra. Sometimes he ad-libbed. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would shit, then cry. <laughs> That's usually when I do it. Or cry, then shit, then cry because you shit. Yeah. That's usually what happens with me. <laughs> um, so, of course, this family took over running the family business. It's a restaurant. <coughs> um, Charlie was the bartender and manager. <laughs> but Bailey took over. That's probably where he picked up the alcoholism. He was 16. He can't run a... He can't sell alcohol. It's on TV, man. Um, over the years, they would face various struggles together. The long-term effects of parental loss. Um, and then, of course, Bailey recovering from alcoholism. Uh, Charlie got cancer. And Julia dealt with domestic violence in a relationship. So they're getting those more adult, more, you more know. Realistic. Realistic things that people deal with. 
but projected onto kids. In this case, the way that they did that is they put the kids in the adult roles. Yeah. It's like, okay, you don't have parents anymore. you got to do it. Of course, 24 years old, it's he was an adult, but apparently he didn't act like an adult. No, um, he's still living at home. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was still living at home at 24. You still live at home. No, I don't. I live next door to home. <laughs> I do. I know. <laughs> I, I think I, I lived with my parents since I was 26. Oh, no shit. Yeah, then they threw me out. Well, they didn't throw me out. They, they, they built an apartment. And they're like, live over here. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay. But then I would still sneak back to their house because... You didn't um, have any food. Uh, no, I had plenty of food. I didn't have internet. And I had a... Uh, a bustling uh, social life online late at night. Oh, yes. So I would uh, sneak back over to their house and they'd find me sleeping on the couch. I also had, uh, <laughs> that was, I was also in the throes of my alcoholism too. <laughs> so I would be over there and they'd be like, dude, stay at home. So one year for Christmas, my dad said, come here, come over to the apartment with me. I'm like, nope, I've got some shit to do. He's like, come over here. And I went over and he opened the door and there was a computer sitting there. He goes, dude, you got a Dell. And there was a, uh, wire that ran from his house across the yard up over the top of the doorways down through the window and into my new brand new Dell computer he goes keep your ass over here that's funny like, okay so yeah he bought me a computer and ran about a mile of internet cable just so I would stay at my house stay, yeah. stay the fuck out of my house yeah. I was like stay over there god damn it we got rid of you so, <laughs> Yeah, we got rid of you as far as we could, <laughs> and and now I live next door to that apartment. Yeah, in another apartment. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like you said, uh, later on, uh, in the second season, Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, she jumped in as Bailey's sensitive on and off girlfriend from high school, who is struggling to find herself after she finds out she is adopted. So Bailey didn't treat her right. I would have. I'm sure you would have. So I mean, just in the names that we've thrown out there, he's an asshole. There, there's you know, um, several names that went on to do big, big things. Big things. You know, of course, uh, we know, uh, uh, we know Nev Campbell. Yep. From the Scream, Scream movies, you know, Cra- the Craft, and oh yeah, she was in the Craft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did Lacey uh, Sherbert do? Yeah, um, you know, that's a good question. I know Jennifer Love Hewitt, she did a lot of horror. She did, uh, I know what she did last summer. Let me see here. Oh, you know who we forgot to mention? Jason London. Jeremy London. Jeremy London, him too. Yeah, Jeremy London. Lacey Sherbert. Jeremy London did, uh, he was in Mallrats. He was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, she was in Mean Girls, Not Another Teen Movie, Lost in Space, Daddy Daycare, um, she was a Family Guy, apparently. Lacey Sherbert? Yeah. I think she was the original voice of Meg. Uh, no. That was Mila Kunis. No, she wasn't the original voice. Oh, Mila Kunis took over? Uh-huh. Let me see here. So, I mean, there, there are other names that, that we recognize. Uh, yeah, she was the original voice of Meg. Okay, Jennifer, or uh, Lacey, Lacey Sherbert. Yeah. Lacey Sherbert. We just come up with, oh, I can't pronounce your name. We're going to give you a new one. Yep. Um, I probably, and I know what it is. I just can't remember off the top of my head what actually how you say it. Chobert. Chobert. Chobert is how it's spelled. 
I like sherbet better. Sherbet sounds good to me. Yeah. Do you have any sherbet? No, I don't. And you know, sherbet isn't even spelled sherbet. It's it's sherbet. And it's probably pronounced sherbet. 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 Don't be trying to French it up. Would you like a delicious bowl of rainbow sherbet? Like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was... My my grandparents never had... Um, they never had ice cream. They always had sherbet. Sherbet. My favorite is orange sherbet. Orange sherbet? Yep. Yes. What's it? What the fuck is the difference between sherbet and ice cream? You know, I, I don't know. We will have to find this out. Yeah. Maybe we'll look it up during break. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> see, okay, this, this is where we get into... Um, season three, we are going to get that fucking grant because this, we're, we're being educational. Here. We are. So, but yeah, there's, there's a ton of, uh, notable names in this. And I mean, there's even more than we've mentioned. Uh, like Scott Grimes, Scott Grimes was in ER, uh, ER, one of the biggest shows ever. Um, Sherbert is ingredient, main ingredient is fruit juice or puree. While ice cream's main ingredient is milk. Huh. So it's frozen fruit juice. Yeah. It's healthy. Fuck that. I'm eating ice cream. I got two two uh, big things of ice cream yesterday. I like sherbet, man. I got peanut butter. It's called peanut butter party now. Not peanut butter panic. I like. I still call it peanut butter panic. Is it a Ben and Jerry's? No, it's uh, Blue Bunny. Oh. But it's peanut butter. It was peanut butter panic for years. I'm sure somebody said that they had panic attacks and they took offense to it. So they said, oh, peanut butter party. Maybe they had a panic attack because they didn't have any. I've had a panic attack because I didn't have it. See, is what I'm saying. So now it's peanut butter party. And then I got mint chocolate chip. I do like mint chocolate chip. Yes, I, I thought it's something different, you know. <coughs> I always have to have a couple different flavors of ice cream because I get bored by the time I get to about halfway through. I, I just, and I, I live by myself, I just open it up and eat it. Yeah. So. Do you uh, get a big wooden spoon too? No. I do no. cereal sometimes. Right? No, I, 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 I have a big wooden spoon. But like, Dude, I did. I was, I, I got up early one day a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I had still had one box of the monster cereal left. Yeah. I still got it. It was the Count Chocula. I was like, you know what? Nobody else is going to eat this but me. So I grabbed a big ass bowl. Hell yes. Poured about half that box in the bowl and a, enough milk just to keep everything floating. Just to float it. Yep. And then I ate the shit out of it. And then I had to poop. <laughs> <laughs> You know who had a reoccurring role in uh, Party of Five? Mm. Carol O'Connor. The fuck is Carol O'Connor? Archie Bunker. Oh, no shit. He played uh, the grandfather. Archie! Yeah, Archie Bunker was her grandfather. I'm just... <laughs> was he an old racist, too? No, not, not in this <laughs> one. This was after his Heat of the Night uh, run. So. Oh, he was on the Heat of the Night. Yeah, that was a great show. That plays around the, uh, the care center that I work at. I'll, I'll pop into a room sometimes when he and I will be on. I didn't know it was still on. Yeah, it's on uh, like Hallmark Channel or something. Oh, like one shit. of those, you know, or TV. You know, that, they got that one that plays uh, Gunsmoke and all that. Uh, Gunsmoke was a good show. There, it plays Gunsmoke, Bonanza, something else. But he did the nights on. He did the night Matt Locker on there too. Oh no shit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's common around the uh, the old nursing home circuit. I can't wait till we're old. Oh Jesus Christ! Hey, put on the Guar CD. <laughs> What was that? War! <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, 
What, what are your experiences with Party of Five? I, you know, I don't remember much of it. I mean, I remember Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm, I'm sure you do. And that's pretty much the only reason I watched the show. It, it I would won. probably pro- I would probably watch it in between playing video games and doing stuff by myself. Now, I'm sure you did stuff by yourself while you watched Jennifer Love Hewitt too. Um, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> so, uh, it won a lot of awards. It was nominated for a lot of awards. You know, I'm gonna get a restraining order from Jennifer Love Hewitt now. We're gonna frame it. Fucking a. Um, Cease and desist. So we've already got like several of them. We've already framed. Yeah. <laughs> um. They're, they're, they're not framed. They're on magnets on the refrigerator. Yeah, they're just stuck up there. <laughs> it's like pi- pictures that we've drawn at our restraining Good orders. grades. <laughs> Good grades. We print out. If somebody gives us a, a compliment, we print it out, <laughs> put it on the fridge. Um, they, they actually are rebooting this, or they did reboot it uh, in 2018. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Uh, and they changed it up a little bit. This reboot... Featured five children who had to take care of themselves because their parents were deported. And it ran for, for one season, and then it was canceled. Well, it looked like it came out in 2020 also. So there's a... a well... Yeah, it was, it was... It was ordered in 2018. It came out in 2020. That's... Oh, because everything got fucking canceled in 2020. Yeah, so they canceled it after one season. Um, but Party of Five is credited with... Um, Damn. Not credited with that. That's all you. That was all me. It uh, it was credited for targeting young audiences away from the soap opera type shows. Yeah. Giving them a more realistic uh, more realistic atmosphere to address these problems. It was kind, it was kind of like a live action Disney cartoon. Well, the parents were dead. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And it was like Swiss Family Robinson, but without the parents. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a, good, a good summary of it. See, I'm smart. Well, one of the shows that it is credited with uh, influencing, a little show called Dawson's Creek. The Dawson. Dawson. Starring James Vanderbeek. I don't want to make my life to be over. Wow. Oh, you're going to continue. Do you know the second verse? Fuck, no, I don't even know the first verse. (laughs) (laughs) All I know is, I don't want to wait. That that was by uh, uh, Paula Cole, I believe. Yes, Paula Cole. It says right here. Paula Cole? Paula Cole. She was she did the Dawson's Creek theme. What else did she do? I thought didn't she actually make other music? Well, yeah, I'm sure she did. Um, did she have glasses? No, this is her right here. This is the picture of her right here. See? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I don't know what else she did. She uh, she sang on a Peter Gabriel album uh, tour. She oh. was a backup singer, and uh, yeah. So this came out. Uh, Let's see. Let me see when this when this was. Why the fuck don't they put it right up front? You'd think they would. You would think. The Dawson. The Dawson. It ended in 2003. It ran from 98. 98 to 2003. Right there it is, yes. So James Vanderbeek. That was on the WB, the sister station, the Fox. Yes. Uh, so this is, this is another 
offshoot of shows that were on Fox that... Yes, and they, those two seem to work together. Well, you know, it's funny, because I didn't know Fox was affiliated with Warner Brothers. Yeah. And it was kind of like, here you go, we got another channel. Make some more shit for it. Yeah. But I think I think it was Warner Brothers is like, you know what, we don't have a station, let's make a station and put all of our shows on there. Well, and they put all their cartoons on there. Yeah, they had Batman, the animated series. Uh-huh. Um, so... This is another one of those shows I was aware of. I know that I've, I had seen it, but it was... What is going on in there? <laughs> He's like, this game isn't fun anymore. Hmm. We have the background noise of my kid. Yeah. He's he, playing video games. He lettered in video games in school, didn't he? Um, I guess... He, no, they don't... They had a jersey. They don't letter. But it's the equivalent of letter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a, a competitive video game player. He's on his video game team. Yeah, that's cool. And he's like the the best. He's yeah, uh, and obviously he's practicing. Yes, yes. And he might be getting a scholarship for video games. Fuck yeah! So I keep saying, dude, we grew up in the wrong generation because I would have killed it back then. <laughs> what are you What are you going to college for? Pong. Pong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. Mario Brothers. Yeah, Mario Brothers. Double Dragon. <laughs> I'm going to get going to college for Street Fighter. No, it's really cool though. I mean, we're we're making jokes, but that's really cool that he's doing. Yeah, that he's doing fucking that. awesome. I'm um, proud of him. Yes, we, we we're very proud of him, but we're still going to give him shit. Oh yeah, we that's got how to. that's how we show our affection. Our yeah, our affection and our 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 proudness is by yes, giving him giving him shit. Um, and he takes it. He does. He takes it well. Um, uh, so Dawson's Creek, another one that you know. Aware of, might have seen a few episodes, but it's it was impactful enough that we, we we're going to talk about. Yeah. It. Um, so the the idea behind Dawson's Creek is uh, Dawson Leary is an introspective fifteen year old and aspiring filmmaker in a small New England town of Capeside, Massachusetts. Um. Since childhood, he's been best friends with Josephine Potter, the slacker, who routinely. Comes over to his house through a ladder in his bed into his bedroom window for movie watching and platonic sleepovers. Hmm. So Josephine had lost they, her they had mother. To put that in there. Platonic. Yeah, platonic sleepovers. Uh, Josephine had lost her mother to cancer. Her father was in prison for drug trafficking. She lived with her older sister Bessie, who runs a restaurant called the Ice House. Dawson works at a video rental store with his other best friend, Pacey Witter. An underachieving class clown who occasionally squabbles with Joey. Dawson and Joey dance around a growing attraction to one of other one one another, but their dynamic shifts with the arrival of Jen Lindy, who she comes to Cape Side from New York City to live with her grandparents. Basically a series uh, So they didn't get along. You had two people from Massachusetts and a whole town of people of Massachusetts and then the New Yorker. The New York girl. So she either was Forced to be a Red Sox fan, or she got beat up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the series, <coughs> would... and, they all, and they all hated the Patriots. <laughs> I don't know shit about any of that. So. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> um, the series explored the characters' coming of age, and like the others, dealt with topics that, that weren't really touched on in television at the time. Uh, first love, loss, uh, 
homophobia and, and coming out as gay, class differences, mental health, and divorce. So they're tackling things that kids are dealing with in a medium that kids can understand. This is probably why I couldn't watch. I didn't watch the show. My mom probably figured out what the show was about and said, "You're not watching this." Yeah, which, you know, it nothing wrong with it. You know, it's it it was probably very educational, very enlightening to some people that, you know, if they weren't dealing with it personally, they knew someone that was dealing with it. Yeah, and it helped them to understand and be empathetic, which you know everybody could use a little more of that in in this day. That ain't no shit. Um, they said that. Especially in season one, the love triangle between Dawson, Joey, and Jen was compared to Archie Comics, Archie, Betty, and Veronica. They also would... Uh, I was always a Veronica guy myself. I, you know, I didn't really pay much attention. I read Archie Comics. I thought Betty was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's always cock-teasing fucking Archie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, they would do uh, homages to... Tend to give him a hand job and then fucking leave. Jesus Christ. So I didn't like her. She was a fucking bitch. Um, they would feature homages to The Breakfast Club. They would reference Scream. Um, they... I mean, some of the shit that... I think they even did a poster that looked like The Breakfast Club back in the I day. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, it and this went through their, their high school... And even leaving their small town to begin lives in the big city and moving, you know, into like college and all that it lasted six seasons. Dawson um, moved out of town and went to another high school, and they he fired the coach. No, that was something else. Oh, what the hell was that? That was Varsity Blues. Oh, yeah. Well, he was in Varsity Blues. He was. Him? Yeah, he was the main. He was the main character. Yeah, yeah, that had, yeah, that was. Uh, that was kind of a life-changing movie as well. That was, that was a good movie. Yeah. Is that the one that had that whipped cream bikini? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, all those football... There was like a ton of football movies that came out. We, we should do a show on football movies too because there was like... Oh, yeah. A bunch I of them I came love out. football movies. That's like the only reason I... That's like the only football I was watching. Yeah. It was football movies. Football movies. I, right. thought, I thought regular football was boring and I'd watch the movies like, this is much better. Just like oh, boxing. The, I would watch... I couldn't watch boxing because boxing just got boring. So but I'd, watch I'd watch the fuck out of Rocky movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should do, because there was, like, Varsity Blues, The Program, Friday Night Lights. Um, Necessary Roughness. Yeah. So, I mean, there was enough yeah. football and sports movies at this time. Oh, yeah, we could do sports movies. Yeah. Um, hey, which, which would be about the only sports we ever talk about. Yeah. Because we don't watch sports necessarily. Fuck no. Watch wrestling. Um, but that's a predetermined sport. That's sports entertainment. It is sports entertainment. Um, so, yeah, the... The cast of characters, like we said, uh, James Vanderbeek, he went on to do mo- all kinds of movies. Um, he was in TV, too, I believe. Um, like other TV shows. I was like, yeah, he was on Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what we're talking about. I, I need to take another drink of Bang so I get smarter. Dude, I thought he had a Nintendo DS in his hand. It was just a big-ass calculator. <laughs> we're watching something else that we're going to talk about later. Um, Katie Holmes was in this. Um, Michelle Williams, who, uh, she went on to be in all kinds of, uh, independent films. Um, who else was, there, there was a couple other names that I recognized, but. Kitty Holmes. Mm. Busy Phillips. I don't know who Busy Phillips is, but I'm going to find out. Elizabeth Jean Busy Phillips. She was in Cougar Town, White Chicks. 
Oh, she was one of the sisters. ER. Freaks and geeks. Yeah. So, they, this actually um, kind of spun out of. of uh, spun out of control. Well, yeah, it did. Um, this spun out of a meeting for Scream. Oh, the one of the actors is the one of the, is one of the dudes from um, fuck's the name of that show. Um, I think it's him. Supernatural. Oh, okay. So J- Jensen Ackles, the film assistant, his name's uh, Kevin Williamson. He was in the meeting for Scream, and they had asked him if he had any ideas for television production. So he came up with this teen series. Um, he wanted to. He wanted it to be about an aspiring filmmaker who admired Steven Spielberg. They liked it, so they said, "Hey, come up with a pitch for us." And he wrote a twenty-page outline for Dawson's Creek that night. No shit. It was supposed to be. Uh, the show was supposed to be a mix of some kind of wonderful meets pump up the volume, pump up meets the volume, pump up the volume, bass, bass. My soul called life. Meets James at 15, meets Little House on the Prairie. So, and then he took inspiration from these other shows that came before, some of which we will talk about. Yes. Um, if you're lucky. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we will, because I think that's one of the main shows we want to talk about. Uh, but they, they said that this influenced other shows, um, namely things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. I actually like that show. That was a good show. Yeah. So. It was kind of campy, but it was still good. Yeah. I mean, and that's what made it good, I think. But it launched all these acting careers. Um, it, uh, Joshua Jackson, he was known for his appearance in the Mighty Ducks series. Oh, shit. Yeah. And they, they just, you know. I thought it was Emilio Estevez. Well, he was he was in the movie. Oh, uh, there was a series, I guess, or maybe it's a series of movies. I bet I bet they mean the series of movies. Maybe, the writers came from Gilmore Girls, Sex in the City, Vampire Diaries, Californication, and Jessica Jones. So all good shows. Yeah, they were all great shows. So, as you can see, it was kind of a a meeting place and kind of a launching point for a lot of careers. Uh, I mean, you got to start somewhere. If you're going to start, start on Dawson's Creek. That's true. I mean, they said that uh, there was a lot of controversy, especially in the first episode. Um, the first episode had a great deal of chatter about breasts, genitalia, masturbation, and penis size. But they're teenagers. Of course they did. And it doesn't get changed when you get older. That was in the very beginning. They said, then the title and credits come and the story begins. The Parents Television Council said the show was the single worst program in the 87, 88, and 88, 89 seasons by being the crudest of the network shows aimed at kids. They said there was just an obsessive focus on premarital sex, references to pornography and condoms. See, I didn't even watch this show really and I still talked about all this stuff. They said that there was uh, too many adolescent characters in adult situations. And the time slot was too early. That was supposed to be the family network. The WB? That's what they said. But 
on like the flip side, the National Organization for Women, they endorsed it, said that it was one of the least sexually exploitative shows on the air. And most of the criticism was the decision to feature a storyline about a romantic relationship between a student and teacher. I could see where that would be controversial. Well, now. Well, even then. <laughs> Jesus Christ, even then. Um, but yeah, they just said that, that it had an unhealthy <coughs> obsession with sex. Which it did, but like you said, it was a show about teenagers in teenage situations. That's what was going on. Yeah, that's all we talked about. Yes. Um, in the other, other shows... Uh, you would see it would be a very special episode, and they would put a disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, shows like The Wonder Years, My So-Called Life, Degrassi High, Party of Five, Dangerous Minds, or Beverly Hills 90210, or Blossom. Yeah, Blossom had a lot of that. But they would they would always say, you know, this is a very special episode tonight, and then they would explain what was going to be the episode. Wasn't Blossom's best friend named Six? Uh, yes. She was hot. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, <laughs> Dawson's Creek, I mean, very uh, groundbreaking in that aspect where they kind of took those adult themes and pushed the envelope. They pushed the boundaries, especially back in the 90s. The thing was, this thing was nominated for many awards, and it actually won several. Uh, you know you know what else needs to be nominated? It's huh? James Vanderbeek's forehead. Best forehead on TV? Dude, he had a huge, he had like a fucking dolphin forehead. A dolphin? Yeah, he, he's got that dolphin forehead. Jesus Christ. Uh, this was... Uh, <laughs> Look at him, dude. He's all forehead. <laughs> well, it's because his hair is so high. If he had some bangs, you wouldn't see it. It reminds me of that, that picture they did of Jack on the poster where they made his forehead oh, yeah. real big. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, they said that it wasn't a huge rating there, success. Now he covered, his, he covered his forehead with that. Yeah, that's better. Uh, they said it, was, it wasn't a... It wasn't ever a huge rating success when you would compare it to the big networks. NBC, ABC, CBS. No, because they dominated for fucking 60 years, man. Well, and you got to remember, Fox and WB were brand new at the time. Yeah. Uh, but it did help the WB go from $100 million to well over a billion dollars in profits. Nice. So the pilot episode was watched by 6.8 million viewers. So, I mean, that's uh, that's cool. The season finale, or series finale, was watched by 7.3 million U.S. viewers. Jesus. That was the largest audience for this show ever. I think that's how many people we got listening to our show. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, they did have a spinoff called The Young Americans. Um, I think it went, like, three seasons. Yeah. I've never um, heard of Young Americans. No, it had eight episodes. Never oh, that's probably why I never heard of it. Yeah, eight episodes. And there were a lot of remakes in other countries. So, yeah. And then, um, yeah, we knew that uh, that uh, that theme song by Paula Cole. Mm-hmm. Did you know that was not the original plan? What was the original plan? The original plan for the theme song was... Uh, by a Canadian recording artist named Alanis Morissette. That would have been way better. She had an album um, in 95 called Jagged Little Pill. You may have heard of it. Oh, yes. And the song Hand in My Pocket was was the theme song in the pilot episode. You know what? That's getting played at the end of the show. Then I don't give a fuck. she said, 
She did not want it to be the theme. She 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 pulled it. She pulled it. She pulled it. So she was like, "I ain't dealing with no Dawson." Yeah, and his forehead. So they got Paula Cole's "I Don't Want to Wait," and that was that was it. And it became a hit on the Billboard charts upon the debut of the show. So yeah, and Alanis Morissette, you know, she she did all right. I think she did okay for herself. She's on. She, you know, dude, she does a voice of herself on a cartoon now. Really? Yes, it's fucking hilarious. She also played God in Dogma. Yeah. And she wrote a song about Uncle Joey. <laughs> she did. Yeah. She did something to him in a movie theater, apparently. <laughs> yeah, she sang about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Joey. Uncle Joey. He was probably talking about his puppets. They they talk about this. I mean, so this is kind of the mark of how ingrained in pop culture this show is. They mention it on South Park and Family Guy. Yeah, they do. So, you know, once they do that, they've also parodied it, parodied it on the MTV Movie Awards and Scary Movie. Yep. That's and right, they did. They also talked about it in uh, one of the Jane and Silent Bob movies. I think Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're the Dawson. Yeah. He's like, blah, blah, blah. What's her name, actually? He's like, dude, it was just a show. Yeah, and the, and the pie guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, did you ever score with her? Because she was super hot. So, and James Vanderbeek has become a meme. The face of him crying, and James Vanderbeek actually has acknowledged that. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess appreciates it. So. He's um, like, that picture's 25 years old. Yeah. At it, least. And it's me. I'm a meme. And I'll take it. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's 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 just skip ahead. Skip ahead. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna we were gonna talk about a couple other shows. Uh, briefly, I'll mention this one. This one, this one, we're gonna skip. But we're gonna skip Melrose Place because I think that was a little older and it was a spinoff of another show. Yeah. Uh, but the Heights, the Heights. Uh, getting rid of Melrose Place. Yeah, get rid of Melrose. The Heights was about a band. I was going to say, because the picture looks like this should be a, a really bad band cover. It was. And they... There's too many members. Is this Slipknot? <laughs> no, it's nothing like Slipknot. There's like 15 people in this band. I know. And uh, the theme song, How Do You Talk to an Angel, which I only know the first line to, is, How do you talk to an angel? Is that Winger? No, it's the Heights. Oh, it's the band from the show. They oh, they actually had their own. They actually played their own music, huh? They couldn't afford to buy anybody else. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, it was about a fictional band called the Heights. Uh, oh, the composers ep- were Sean David Thompson, Zachary Thorne, and Jamie Walters, who were. Jamie Walters, at least, was one of the stars of the show. This guy, he he didn't do anything. So, uh, it's the same he guy. was a singer. He, he sang that song. And episodes would feature one of their songs. So, this fictional band had songs all over this show. Uh, the theme went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It was the first song from a television show to top the Hot 100 since 1985, and it's the first song by a fictional band to top the Hot 100 chart since 1969. I'm sure in 69 it was probably the Monkees. Yeah. Um, 
It had low ratings. It, it, it premiered in... Uh, in they, don't, they don't monkey around. In 92, it premiered, had low ratings, and uh, it was canceled less than a week after the, theme, after the theme song fell from the number one spot. The show was canceled after the theme song fell from the number one spot? Yes. Either You guys are either on top or you're done. One season. Wow, dude. So, I, I this is it. another one. I remember the song. I remember seeing the show. Don't remember a hell of a lot about it. Who the fuck is in this show? Um, the people you mentioned. Alex Desert. Zachary Thorne. Yeah, Camille Savolia. Mm. Saviola. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know any of these folks. No. But here's a reason that we... One of the reasons why we wanted to do this show. This guy looks pissed in his picture. This is probably one of the... Hottest. Hey, why was it okay? You just said that. What? So why was it canceled? I just looked that up. Oh, because they failed to stay on top of the charts. Yeah. Um, oh, to, due to low ratings. Low ratings. So th- this is this is one of the reasons why we wanted to do this show. There there were two shows we wanted to talk about, and then we we thought, well, we'll pad it with these other shows that we've never watched. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the Heights is not in the Hall of Fame of something. I would not think it'd be in any, any Hall of Fame. Um. Why did they get rid of the mom in the Heights? Because it was a show about a band, not their mom. Right. Uh, they made a movie. What? Nina's mom was cut from the movie. I didn't know there was a fucking movie. I didn't know there was a movie either. So, this is the one that we. This is the reason why we're here for this first half. Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. I actually did watch this. I watched a little bit of it. My family watched this. Um. I think my dad probably read a magazine or a book while this was on, but it was on our television. I, I couldn't. I couldn't stand all them rich people complaining that they didn't have the right kind of jeans and shirts and t-shirts. And yeah, and tennis shoes and cars. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I live in a trailer. Well, what the what what Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero sometimes just referred to as nine hundred two one zero. However, we did run into some difficulty during research during research because. 90210 was the revamped version of it. Yeah. And we we, yeah, we were like, what the hell? Um, I don't recognize any of these fucking people. So, well, it was all the same people, but they were just older. Uh, well, I didn't recognize them. The initial premise of the show was the, uh, there were twins, Brandon and Brenda Walsh, played by Jason Priestley and Shannon Doherty. Uh, they, they moved to Beverly Hills from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it was like the culture shock that they experienced. Yeah. So then they... I remember her, like, her mom had to make jeans for her that made it look like she was, uh-huh. like, $500 pair of jeans and shit like that. Yeah. And we actually did that. Um, back when, like, uh, stonewashed and acid-washed jeans were the big thing. Mm-hmm. We would buy, like, dark, regular jeans from Kmart and spray them with bleach and shit like that to make them look like expensive jeans. Yeah. But they were like Indigo Joes or something. Dude, Indigo Joe was awesome. I know. They, I would love to have a pair of Indigo Joes. I, 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 had, I had those and my and my, my bootleg rip-off Chuck Taylors. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we kind of uh, identify with this. So they would also, to, to make a story out of it, they told the stories of how the characters became friends, how they had romantic relationships within their friend group. And they would address controversial topics. Sex, date rape, animal rights, alcoholism, drug abuse, 
homophobia, domestic violence, eating disorders, uh, racism, teen suicide, teen pregnancy, and AIDS. They covered it all. First season had poor ratings. Really? Yes. But it, it gained some traction in the summer of 91 when Fox aired a special summer season of the show while the other series were in reruns. So they said, hey, we're going to do summer break. Yep. And they kept production going. And it was the only new thing to watch. You know what they do now? They have they have fall breaks now. Yeah. So while well, everybody's home, because it's fucking cold out, I get these reruns now. Mm-hmm. And you get your new shows in the summer while everybody's fucking out and about. So yeah. That's why I get caught up on shit, because I don't fucking go anywhere. Well, the viewership increased during that summer break, and it became one of the top shows on Fox when it returned for the fall season. It was probably keeping Fox alive back then. I'm sure it was. And then it became a global pop culture phenomenon. And the uh, cast members became teen idols, namely Jason Priestley and Luke Perry. Yeah, they did. Uh, It made actresses Shannon Doherty and uh, Jeannie Garth household names in the United States. It also popularized the teen soap genre. Shannon Doherty was a bitch. I, you know, I heard that. I've heard she was difficult to work with from some folks that worked with her on some movies. Um, that, you know, people that, that I know that had little bit parts in movies, they said, oh my God, couldn't talk to her. You weren't allowed to be around her. She was I was like, I think even when she was on Charmed, she was like that. Yeah, yeah. She was on Charmed. Yeah. So. I did watch Charmed. Yeah, Charmed was I a liked show. Charmed. Um, so, Jeannie Gar, Tori Spelling, who Tori Spelling... Uh, her dad was in charge of the show, Aaron Spelling, so... He was in charge of a lot of shows. Yes, he was. And that's how she kept getting jobs. Uh, Brian Austin Green and Ian Ziering. I, you know, I actually do like Brian Austin Green. He seems like he'd be a really nice guy. Yeah, he in, in different things that I've seen him, like reunions and stuff, he just seems like the... He, he who did you say? Brian, Brian Austin, Austin Green? Green, yeah. He and, uh, and Ian Ziering seem to be the down-to-earth ones. Yeah. Um... The other folks, I mean, most of them seem to be nice people. Uh, not but Brenda. Not Brenda. Um, but she got that Hollywood lifestyle. Jeannie Garth, Tori Spelling, Brian Austin Green, and Ian Ziering were the only actors to appear in every uh, the entire run of the show. The rest of them came and went. Luke yeah. Perry left and came back. Uh, uh, what's his name? Brandon. Jason Priestley, he left and came back. Shannon well, Doherty left and came Jason back. Jason Priestley did, uh, he was at the very beginning of... Um, Fifth Element, so that's why he had to go do that. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was him. But yeah, and then they rebooted this in 2019. Uh, it would it was called BH90210. Butthole90210. It premiered August 7th, 2019. Was canceled November 7th, 2019. Wow. Yeah. No ratings, huh? Apparently not. Um. So yeah, the the overview is is pretty great. You know, there's only a few, there's only certain shows that you could actually revamp and bring back from that from that time frame, and some shows just they don't they're not the same. It doesn't have the same feel, right? Like, well, we had this back then. Let's see what their kids think of it now, and it didn't work. No, and then um, uh, then there there was one other main character, Andrea Zuckerman, um, and. We we all we've talked about her before. Uh, Andrea Zuckerman was played by Gabrielle Carteris. Okay. She where the while the rest of them were actually 
teenagers and 20-somethings during the show. She was 45. Yeah, she was like in her 30s playing a high school student. That's funny. Well, and, they say, that's what they used to say about Luke Perry, too. Yeah, yeah, he was older. Yeah. He, he was one of the older members of this this uh, this thing. But yeah, 90210, um, I did have some trivia that I wanted to go over here about 90210. So, Shannon Doherty left, and they wanted to replace her with someone. You know, not necessarily as that character, but just a new character to take over that role. Yeah. Uh, you know, to fill the vacancy. Drew Barrymore was offered the spot. She rejected it because she wanted to focus on her film career. So then they wanted Alyssa Milano. And she didn't she didn't take it for whatever reason. So then they offered it to uh, Alicia Silverstone. She turned it down. She's doing Batman. And uh, Tiffany Thiessen. Took it. Took the role. And she uh, she was in there. Uh, Luke Perry's character, Dylan, was only supposed to be in eight episodes. And they weren't really sold on his acting ability. So Aaron Spelling paid personally for his salary during those initial episodes. And the audience loved him. So they approved his addition to the regular cast. No shit. Nice. Yeah. Um, in early seasons, the episodes were based on issues. Mm-hmm. And the producers were like, this should not be a teenage soap opera. So they changed it to be more about the characters instead of the issues. Yeah. Um, there was... Uh, early on, Douglas Emerson. He played a character named Scott Sc- uh, Scanlon. He lost interest in acting, so he retired from acting and went to the Air Force. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Nice. Good for him. At the start of filming, Shannon Doherty was 19, Jeannie Garth was 18, Tori Spelling was 17, Jason Priestley was 20, Luke Perry, 23, Brian Austin Green was 17, Ian Ziering was 26, Gabrielle Carteris was 29. Jesus Christ. And they're playing 18-year-old kids? Yeah. They all play high school kids. Uh, Luke Perry and Tori Spelling auditioned for the parts of characters that were polar opposites of the characters they ended up playing. I didn't think Tori Spelling would have to actually even audition. Well, um, Luke Perry auditioned for Steve Sanders, who was later played by uh, Ian Ziering. Okay. And uh, the other one, Tori Spelling, she was auditioned for Kelly Taylor, the, the promiscuous self-centered member who was played by Jeannie Garth. I didn't like her. Hmm. I didn't like her character. Uh, Gabrielle Cartieras, we've mentioned this before, she became the president of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. Um, She she took up a bill that would, because she got so much shit for playing a high high schooler at age 30, mm-hmm. she she introduced a bill that would remove uh, ages of actors and actresses if they requested it from, like, IMDb and things like that. Oh, no shit. And because she felt that there was age-based discrimination in Hollywood. Well, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Hillary Swank was in this, briefly. She had a two-year contract, but she was fired after 16 episodes. Wow, I didn't know she was in it. I didn't either. You know, she gets a lot of shit, but she's actually a really good actress. She is. Yeah, uh, that Billion Dollar Babies movie was awesome. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Boxing movie. It was great. 
That's right. She was a badass in that. The town of West Beverly that, that this takes place in does not exist. Oh, no shit. They had to make it up because Beverly Hills High School would not allow the use of their name in the series. And uh, we're, like, we're like, we'll give you money. We have enough. Right. Um, the character of Jim Walsh, the dad, was ranked number 41 in TV Guide's list of 50 greatest dads of all time. And Gabrielle Cartieras first auditioned for the role of Brenda because she is actually a twin. Oh, no shit. And she felt that that would help her chances, but they thought that she would be better in the part of Andrea. Um, yeah. Tori Spelling was not a part of the main cast in the pilot episode. No shit. No. Brandon Walsh. That was a last role cast. Jason Priestley had one weekend to prepare. He read for Aaron Spelling on Thursday, got the job on Friday, and that Monday they started production. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you got a lot of homework to do, buddy. Yeah. Get going. Um, What else do we have here? The, the house. Oh, yeah. The house that was used for exterior shots of the beach apartment yeah. was the same house that was in My Stepmother's an Alien. Oh, no shit. Yeah. That's a great movie. Um, <laughs> so Andrea Zuckerman gave birth to a daughter in the season four finale. That appeared two weeks after Gabrielle Cartieras actually gave birth in real life. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they just put her pregnancy in the show. In the show. Um, and they asked, they politely asked her to hold back on getting pregnant because they did not want to have to deal with a pregnancy in the storyline, but she refused to abide by that request. Like, no. She got pregnant, she was having the baby, and there was absolutely nothing they could do, so they had to write it in. Good uh, for her. Yeah. So, it ran for 10 years. Yeah, it did. It was a long, it ran for a long time, dude. So, um, I'll be damned. Brandon Walsh was also the name of Josh Brolin's character in The Goonies. No shit. Yeah. We're learning all kinds of shit here. Um, what else do we have? I think none of the original cast members appeared in every episode. They were, several were cast members throughout the entire run. None of them were in every single episode. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of, all kinds of, uh, trivia here. I don't know if any really. Nothing good. No. Nothing standing out. Nothing standing out to me. Jason Priestley is one year and seven and a half months older than Shannon Doherty, who plays his twin sister on the show. I mean, that that's possible, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that could happen. <laughs> What's my twin? How how many how many how long are you guys? How, what's the age difference? About a year and a half. Brian Austin Green's on-screen wife, Tori Spelling, shares a birthday with his real-life ex-wife, Megan Fox. I knew I, li- I knew I liked him. Here we go. Shannon Doherty was one of the worst people to work with on the show. For years, she engaged in a war with co-star Jeannie Garth, but the two managed to patch things up. The actress is also late to shoot on numerous occasions, which upset the producer Aaron Spelling. So she got fired from the show. I think she did. 
And then she, but she came back. Like, I'm sorry. I'll show up on time next time. Okay. All right. You showed up late again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you know that Ian Ziering and Luke Perry are both, were both left-handed? I did not know that. They were. Um, that's the devil's, I'll be that's the devil's hand. Um, what do we have here? Yeah, uh, her Shannon Doherty's feud with Tori Spelling and uh, Aaron Spelling and reporting late to the set several occasions. Those are the reasons why she was terminated after the fourth season, and she was not allowed to appear in the uh, in the series finale. Well, that's what happens if you're a bitch. I guess. Brian Austin Green, you'll like this. Brian Austin Green was considered for the role of Casey Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in 1990. Oh, no shit. That would have been pretty good. The film was released on VHS on October 4th, 1990, the day that Beverly Hills 90210 premiered. Now, ironically, his ex-wife Megan Fox played April O'Neil in 2014's version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the 2016 movie Out of the Shadows. Yes, she did. So, there's that. There is that. So, anything uh, about now, these? Now she's married to Machine Gun Kelly, and I don't know what's wrong with her. <laughs> well, that's part of it. She's married to Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about um, with these shows that we've covered here in the first part? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think all these shows were groundbreaking. All these shows, they spawned... Other shows, they, they, they changed the landscape of television viewing for younger people. They changed pop culture. They did change pop culture, and that's what we're here to talk about. So, uh, why don't we take a break? All right, because i got to go to the bathroom. Again? Yeah, i got to pee. Good Lord. i got the, I got a bladder the size of a baby. The size of a thimble? <laughs> yeah, the size of a baby? Baby. Yeah, your, your, your bladder's 8 pounds, 10 ounces. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it. <laughs> Okay. Well, I am getting older. I mean, it could be my prostate. I don't know. We're gonna take a break, so he can go. Minutes. So he can go pee. An oversized prostate. The size and we will be back. It's the size of a melon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll be back. Go pee. All right. After these messages, we'll be right back. Christmas is a time for giving. Dylan, I love it, and I love you. A time for togetherness. I want to invite everyone to spend Christmas Eve here. A time for forgiveness. I'll never leave you on Christmas again. Thursday. Oh my God, Jim, it's snowing. The magic of Christmas is coming to Beverly Hills. Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas, Dylan. It's a 90210 Christmas. Immediately following The Simpsons, Thursday on Fox. Get saved by the bell. Hello. And California Dreams. Excellent! Starting August 8th on Channel 11. Everyone up, everyone in. Time for the fun to begin. Come along with me, Lookout Bear, on a brand new adventure. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Michael B. Moynihan here. 
Zubilee Zoo's resident adventurer, Lookout Bear. I, along with my friends Paul, Hello, Zubaroos! And Billy, Welcome to the show! Have teamed up to bring you an informative and entertaining deep dive into the loving world of Zubilee Zoo, one episode at a time. So please, buckle up and join us for... When you're in Zubilee Zubilee Zoo Zubilee Zoo Magic and wonder are waiting for you So come on with us now And discover the wonder of you Welcome to Zubilee Zoo That's right, you can listen to the brand new Zubilee Zoo podcast Dropping the 1st and the 15th of every month Wherever you get your podcasts Or at electronicmediacollective.com Slash Zubilee Zoo pod there comes a time in all of our lives. Hello, Dawson. Uh, you're, you're Dawson. Dawson, yeah, I know. Um, we met before. Wow, you, you look different. Puberty. Hi, I'm Joey. I live down the creek, and we've never met. When there's the end of something simple. Are you and Dawson a <laughs> thing? No, we're just friends. And the beginning. Oh, my God. Of everything else. Do you think I could help you locate a video? Where would I find the graduate? That's me, Sheriff. Hey, tomorrow. Hi. Casey, what are you doing here? Summer 42 is officially reserved in your name. What is your problem? My problem is that from the moment Little Miss Highlight showed up, you haven't said one word to crap. That is pure crap. Tammy's this kid bothering you? Who's this guy? I should go. But, but um. I'm just gonna pretend we kissed, okay? The WB Television Network presents a landmark drama introducing four new stars, a series destined to be one of the most talked about television events of the new year. Listen your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy life. Dawson's Creek, coming Tuesdays this January to the WB. The coast is clear, Jerry. Hit it. Catch the season premiere of Parker Lewis Can't Lose, Sunday, August 11th, on Fox. What do you think you're doing? Uh, well, Miss Musso, we were just doing a promo. What do you think this is, 90210? I'm ready for my close-up now. From the guy who brought you Saved by the Bell. Who is that guy? The raddest new band, the year's best new show. Kind of like 90210. What's about all the crime? Hot bods, cool kids, and the ultimate rock and roll fantasy. Come down from the heights and head to the beach. The summer never ends with California Dreams. NBC tomorrow and every Saturday morning.
there's something extraordinary happening with a new show coming to NBC. Everyone who's seen it has fallen in love with Freaks and Geeks. From Time and Newsweek to Rolling Stone and Entertainment Weekly, the reviews are spectacular. But adults aren't the only ones raving. In a recent LA Times poll, teens voted Freaks and Geeks most popular, relatable, funny, real, a wonderful hour for the family. Freaks and Geeks premieres this Saturday at 8, 7 central on NBC. Freaks and Geeks is Monday's new hit. How far will a guy go to be near the girl he loves? The next school mascot will be Sam Ware. Time Magazine calls it one of the best shows of 99. You've got your knees in my back. And all you freaks and geeks. NBC Monday at 8, 7 central. shows in the beginning so maybe we'll move on to uh, a little lighter type of show um they're also in this wave of i guess shows that were targeted more at teenagers there were several comedy shows that came out and probably ushered in by the success of these drama shows 
it's, you know, not everybody is a fan of dramas. So we needed some, some comedy. I'm something not a little... fan of drama. No, we don't like drama. Um, so we're going to talk about some, some of the comedy shows that were targeted at teenagers. And this all was spawned by us desiring to discuss one show. But I think we watch these shows more than we watch the others. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll just jump right in here. First one we're going to talk about is uh, Freaks and Geeks. Which has got a huge cast of top celebrities right now. Yeah, it really does. And Freaks and Geeks, um, it was about uh, teenager Lindsay Weir and her younger brother Sam, who attended William McKinley High School during the 1980-81 school year. And this is set in the town of Chippewa, Michigan, which is a fictional suburb of Detroit. Uh Actually, it's named after the high school, Chippewa Valley High School, that Paul Figg, who is the series creator, attended. Well, Lindsay joins up with a group of friends who are called the Freaks. And Sam's friends are the Geeks. And uh, it's, it's basically just the uh, kind of the dynamic that, that these two groups encountered in high school. Uh, they also had the slackers, who were the the bad kids, I guess. Those were the, those were the stoners. Yeah. Uh, we called them Hessians when I Hessians. was... Hessians. Yeah, Hessians. Um, and that's the group that I kind of hung out with. Yeah, me too. Although I wasn't really a stoner in high school. I wasn't either, but I hung out with all the... I hung out with them all. Yeah, well, they, they, they were more accepting, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just... It, basically, it was their trials and tribulations of trying to fit into different social groups and how the social groups interacted. And, uh, yeah, like you said, a, a, a who's who of major stars were in this. Um, most notably, I would say, James Franco. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Jason Segel. Um, you know, these guys, uh, right now, some of the bigger stars... In, in Hollywood. Yeah, a lot yeah. of these guys are. Um, so, what, what you watched this show, didn't you? Yeah, every I, I, I watched it later, because I never caught the original season, because it was only on for, what, one season? Um, yeah, one season. Yeah, they, they only aired 12 out of the 18 episodes. But I, ended up, I think I ended up watching it, like, on Netflix or something like that. And the reason, okay, it didn't, it really didn't have much success. And then they had scheduling conflicts, you know, uh, on NBC. Yeah. The, uh, the creators and the network, they couldn't agree. So they just canceled it. And. Well, that's, you know, it sucks for them because like I said, some of these names, some of these are the biggest comedians in the world. Well, and it, actors and actresses, it launched the careers of James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jason Siegel, Busy Phillips, uh, John Francis Daly, Martin Starr, Sam Levine, and uh, Linda Cardelli. Yeah. Um, which a lot of those names you will recognize. Um, Linda Linda Cardelli was in ER. She was in Dead to Me. Um, she was in Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, in the new episodes or the new. Uh, what she's got going on now. She was in uh, 
Hawkeye, the Hawkeye series. She's part of the Avengers. Oh, okay, okay. So she's gonna be, you know, she's big in the, she's in the big Disney world now. Oh, all right. Uh, Sam Levine was in Inglorious Bastards. Yes, he was. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, of course, we we know what uh, what Seth Rogen has done with uh, you know like um, Super Bad. He was involved in that. He's in and uh, 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 what was that other one that that he was in? Pineapple uh, Express. Pineapple Express. Uh, he was in that. Uh, uh, this is forty, and the one that was before that. Um, knocked up. Knocked up. Yes. And he did Thank the uh, he did the sausage party. Oh, he did. Did yeah. That was a great fucking. <laughs> I couldn't lie to, as I seen it, and I was like, "What's what's this about?" And I was like, "Okay, here's the cast." It's like, yeah. So I was like, "We watch." I was like, "No, no." We so we used to every year. My family, you know, just me, and my mom, and my dad, we would uh, go out and have Chinese food on Christmas Day, and then go to a movie, because that's what his family did. Yeah. Well, one year was your dad's family the family in the Christmas story? Pretty much, but it, there was a lot of them. You know, there was like you know seven brothers. Where the neighbors' dogs ate the turkey. And yes, it. yes. They just redid that movie. I, I know. Sequel. I, I want to watch. It. I, that's it's another. Direct, one. It's supposed to be a. It's supposed to be a direct sequel. Yeah, not the last sequel that they made, which was, which was trash. Right. This is a direct sequel. Uh, James Franco. Um, obviously, uh, he was in Spider-Man. He was in Milk, Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. Um, did we mention Jason Segel? Uh, no, we didn't. Jason Segel was in How I Met Your Mother. He was. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys... I think he's, he, he's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, what, what, what are your thoughts on this, on this show? I mean, I, mean I, thought it was, I thought it was really funny. And, you know, and I think it was one of those shows that was just ahead of its time. Yeah, and it's one of those shows that once it was over, it became popular. Yeah. And it has a cult-like following now, uh, even as much as people are calling for a reboot of it because they they want to see more. I don't know. If, I mean, they couldn't get the same actors, obviously. No. But I just don't know if it would have the same same fan reaction. I think from a nostalgia standpoint, it might. But you can't, you know, you can't catch lightning in a bottle. No, I mean, I mean, it looked like like they revamped, you know, nine hundred two one zero, and that fell short. You're right, right. It was a comedy version of nine hundred two one zero, basically. Yeah. Um, it it would be like revamping the Cosby Show. And I think they did that, and it failed. They tried, yeah. Uh, so the idea was. The the uh, the creator uh, Paul Feig, he kind of had an outline for what he wanted done. I would take the idea and just name it something else. Yeah, maybe inspired by Freaks and yeah. Geeks, you know, or the next chapter, or whatever. Um, so this isn't the grassy. <laughs> if <laughs> if the show continued, <coughs> uh, the Lindsay was going to become a human rights lawyer uh, after years of following the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Sam was going to join the drama club. Neil, his parents were going to divorce, and the way he would cope would be by joining swing choir. Okay. Bill was going to join the basketball team and become a jock, leading to tension within the geeks. Daniel was going to go to jail. 
Kim was going to be on pregnant. It was going to become pregnant while on tour following the Grateful Dead. And uh, Nick was going to join the army. So, there, you know, it seems like the Grateful Dead uh, had a strong presence in this show. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, great idea and kind of a late... It hit late, you know, the popularity hit late. Uh, they... When did this come out? It was what? Fucking year did this come out? Um, 1999. 99, okay. Listen to some of the uh, the guest stars. Uh, notable guest stars that they had. Um, Rashida Jones. Okay. David Cockner. Who was in Anchorman? Yep. As uh, uh, what the hell was his name? He was the, the sports guy that said "Whammo." Oh yeah, yeah. Leslie Mann, Ben Stiller, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So I mean, Jason Schwartzman. They had a great. Uh, they had a great cast surrounding them and guest stars. Now they. They didn't want to really cash in on popularity of anyone else. Um, they wanted to have Britney Spears. Alan Colvert from Grandma's Boy was in this. Oh, my God. They Yeah. Which he uh, he was also in Strange Wilderness, which I love. Yeah, that's a great one, too. He, and he's part of the uh, Happy Madison universe. Yep. Um, they wanted to have Britney Spears appear as a waitress, but they thought that having such appearances would detract from the show's realism. So they, they shied away from getting big names on the show. Although everyone on the show, or a good portion of them, became huge names. Yeah, they did. So, you know, it's just interesting. Judd Aptow was a producer on this. Um, so, you know, Judd Aptow, of course, he created a great a whole series of great movies. So, everything about this was... Should have it should have worked. Yeah, it should have. And then it just didn't come around at the right time, and the network it seems like didn't believe in it. What network was this on? Uh, NBC, I believe. That's why. Yeah. Um, but because I mean, it's just like I think they were they had this and was it Friends on NBC? I think so. And this is about the same time Friends was on. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they were competing with that, and. They just said, you know what, we're not doing this. Well, where the opening music was bad reputation. Yeah. Where this uh, kind of hit its stride was in like the 2000s when it started to be released on DVD and Blu-ray and things like that. Um, those were wildly popular. Yeah. However, as of 2021, all DVD and Blu-ray releases are out of print. Oh, no shit. That's why people are like, we want this. We so want it back. you can find it on eBay or yeah. maybe find it on Amazon from somebody else. Soundtrack. Um, they they had an obstacle with the soundtrack, especially releasing on DVD, because the soundtrack had na- such names as Billy Joel, Cheap Trick, Grateful Dead, Rush, Sticks, The Moody Blues, The Who, and Van Halen. Oh, fuck. This had a great fucking soundtrack. And they felt that... Uh, 
trying to get music rights for all those shows or all those songs would eat up all of their budget they had, so they couldn't release it. Um, same issue that like WKRP had. Yeah. Uh, you know they they had popular songs that they just couldn't license. So um, there were some. The Shout Factory jumped in and they released it with all of its music intact. Nice. Uh, in 2000, the cast of Freaks and Geeks were featured on an episode of Family Feud, hosted by Louie Anderson. Louie. <laughs> Louie Anderson. At Metacritic, Freaks and Geeks has a score of 88 out of 100 based on 26 reviews, indicating universal acclaim. On Rotten Tomatoes, this show has a score of 100%. Nice. 9.6 out of 10 based on 27 reviews. It says, Freaks and Geeks lampoons real-life adolescence while affectionately embracing every growing pain along the way with refreshing honesty. So, like I said, it was ahead of its time. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 100%, which they don't do very often. Right. I mean, you had something. Now, it the cancellation, it had inability to gain an audience because it had erratic scheduling, it was given poor time slots, and it was competing with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Are you fucking kidding so, oh, because that was uh, that game show was just stupid popular back then. The uh, producers had created a website for the series, but NBC would not share the web link because they did not want people to know that the internet existed. Are you fucking kidding me? They were worried about losing viewers to the internet. Well, that didn't happen for another twenty years. Freaks and Geeks would average under seven million viewers, while other NBC series such as Frasier and Friends. Averaged over 14 million viewers each. See? That's why... So they were like, you guys are getting half of the fucking mm-hmm. viewers, so we're just going to cancel your fucking show. And, I mean, I liked Fraser. Well, and Friends. You know, I, was, liked, I liked Friends, too. I mean, I didn't watch Friends till later, but... But, you know, it was it was, it was was not bad. Well, and the network and the, dire- the creative directors did not have the same vision for the series. Um... They said that the uh, the president of NBC didn't understand public school life because he went to a private boarding school, and then he went to Princeton. Um, so they just didn't understand normal teenage life. See, this is why you can't have fucking sheltered, rich fucking shitheads make TV shows. No. Because they don't fucking know anything. Well, the, the writers wanted to produce something that represented average high school experiences, but the network wanted to produce something that make, made high school seem cool. High school was cool. We all knew it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. Um, it was cool at times. They, I liked lunch. Lunch was awesome. I liked art class. Art class was cool. I liked weight training. So and that's, oh, and I had I had home ec too. So I mean, I got the oh, home ec was awesome. I had home ec right after weight training, so I got to work out and then eat. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so Judd Apatow said in an interview that everything he has done since then is, in a way, revenge for the people who canceled Freaks and Geeks. No shit. Nice. So I mean, it did kind of light a fire under him, apparently. Uh, in two thousand one, several of the actors that were featured in Freaks and Geeks appeared in Judd Apatow's new half-hour-long comedy called Undeclared, which was on Fox. I remember that. Uh, Vaguely, but I remember it. 
but the network only wanted Seth Rogen as a regular cast member. Jason Segel was a reoccurring character. Sam Levine, uh, Busy Phillips, and Natasha Melnick would guest star in multiple, uh, like if they had like a multiple episode arc, yeah, they would appear in those. Um, but yeah, a lot of them came back and see what they should have done is fucking went to Fox. They did go to Fox. Well, the the this went to Fox undeclared. I'm talking about Freaks and Geeks since NBC dropped it. They should have they said, hey, you know what? You guys buy the rights of the show, and we're going to bring it to your station so we can keep it fucking going. Well, you know who did buy the rights to the show? Seth Rogen? IFC, the Independent Film Channel. Oh, nice. And they showed the entire 18-run episode, and then they would also air it back-to-back with Undeclared. Nice. And then uh, both shows have joined Teen Nick's lineup in 2011, and FXX had the show from 2013 to 2014. And they had a reunion in 2011 at the Paley Center. Now, there is a documentary about this. The documentary uh, debuted at Tribeca Film Festival in 2018 and had a television debut on A&E in 2018. So, Freaks and Geeks, good show from what I remember of it. Yeah. I didn't watch a lot of it, but it is something that I think I would be interested in watching. You know, like seeing the whole run of it. Because it seems to be a great show, and it would be fun to see where all these guys got their start. Let's see. What's it on right now? Let me see here. Watch show. It's on Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu. It's on Paramount. It's on Amazon Prime with premium subscription. Um, you can YouTube premium primetime subscription. But yeah, I mean, you watch it on Amazon. I mean, our bet, your best bet is Hulu, primetime, and Amazon. Or Paramount and Amazon. There we go. So I, oh, it's on Pluto TV also for free. I don't know who the hell has Pluto, but I have Pluto. Dude, you're yeah. the only person I know. So Pluto's actually good. It has one channel that all they run is Dog the Bounty Hunter. Fucking kidding me. Oh, I watch the shit out of it. It's like the Dog Channel. They have several channels like that. It's like one show, and they, that's all they show constantly. Is you know like Dog the Bounty yeah. Hunter or uh, Judge Judy has a channel on there, like courtroom TV. Yeah, and it's all like. Judge Judy and uh, uh, divorce court and shit like that. Um, so let's let's move on to another. And this one I did watch. Parker Lewis can't lose. I did watch Parker Lewis, but it's been a long time. Well, this aired on Fox, September of nineteen ninety to June of nineteen ninety three. Yeah, that's right. This is one of the first Fox actual big Fox shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Columbia Pictures Television was behind this. Um, you can watch this on Crackle. On Crackle. Yeah, it's on Crackle. Well, this show would uh, follow the tribulations of the title character Parker Lewis in Santo Domingo High School. And it seemed like there was nothing that was impossible for Parker Lewis. The guy couldn't lose. Well, this TV show was very strongly influenced by a film, Ferris Bueller's Day Yes, it was. And you could, if you... If you watch the show and know of the movie, you could really see that. I mean, they're almost they're almost identical. I mean, there's not almost identical, but they're very, very, very close. Well, and even to the fact where Parker Lewis would narrate the episodes and speak to the audience, yeah. just like Ferris Bueller would. He's like uh, the first show to break the fourth wall. Yeah, one of them. Uh, and much like uh, Ferris Bueller, Parker's little sister, Shelley 
would often try to ruin his plans, along with the principal. And this show had a focus on teenage life. It had a cartoon-like quality, but the there was a humanity to the actors and actresses. They would use clever camera angles and filming techniques uh, where they would like pixelate scenes and shit like that where a lot of shows weren't doing that. Because Parker Lewis was like 47 at the time. Yes. Uh, many episodes contained subtle references to movies, politics, and celebrities. The surrealism was actually toned down in the final season with Parker acknowledging that he was breaking the fourth wall and he would cancel the dissolving pixel scenes to explain more. Okay. Um, the, the, the school mascot was the Flamingos. The Flamingos? Yeah. And the... Uh, Nothing the, says tough like a Flamingo Like a mascot. Flamingo, yeah. The but Fighting Flamingos. It ran for uh, for three, like three seasons, like we said. Um, and, th- I mean, there were some great characters on here. Uh, one of my favorite characters was was Kubiak. I did like him. He was also on. He was also on a couple other shows too. Yeah, uh, Abraham Ben Ruby was his name. Yeah, uh, he was in ER. A lot of these people went to ER. Uh, he was in Without a Paddle, which is funnier than hell. I do like that movie. And he became a voice actor. Oh no shit! Yeah. Um, let's see what he was a voice actor in. Oh, Robot Chicken. Nice. Yeah, and he. Uh, he voiced uh, the World of Warcraft series. So, yeah. Um, he's really getting into his video games in there, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So, yeah, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of these people, you, well, you might not, they, they weren't any huge breakout names, but they're people that you've seen in other things. Like, I, I mean, my phone my phone died, so I can't look this shit up yet, but what it was? what else was Parker Lewis in? Well, let's just see. Um... His name is Corin Nemac. Uh, he was in Stargate SG-1. He was in the miniseries The Stand. And he was in... Uh, he was in a, a film in India that's called um, Paranzia. Paranesia? Paranesia? Parana. Yes, Par- he was in Parana. No, he was We always talk so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's very close friends with David Faustino from Married with Children. Oh, no shit. They're about the same height. Yeah. I can't say anything. <laughs> um, he, he started out in, in Webster. He was in Tucker, A Man in His Dream. Oh, he's been in some shitty movies. Um, Lake Placid versus Anaconda. He was in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Sand Shark. Operation Mos- Dumbo Drop. Mosquito Man. Robo Croc. Uh, Dragon and Wasps. He actually Raging was Raging Sharks. He was in, in three episodes of Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, no shit. Yeah. The Evil Doctor. Episode, House of Bones. Episode of Smallville. Dude, he's in, a, he's in some fucking awesome movies. He was in Mansquito. Did I say that one? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, no, this was Mosquito Man. Oh, Mansquito is what I have it listed here. Bundy, he played Ted Bundy. In Bundy, A Legacy of Evil in 2009. Doom Troopers. The For- Wrong Cheerleader Coach. Cheerleader, The Wrong Cheerleader Coach. Did you say Sand Sharks? Yes. I love Sand Sharks. That was a great... You no, know, it, was, it was fun. Starving, the complete first season. So, I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. 
Um, and it looks like he's still acting to this day. He's in some shitty movies. We need to watch these movies. I agree. Half Dead Fred. That sounds awesome. Doomsday Device. So Parker Lewis was. It was fun. Um, it was syndicated in in ninety three on the USA Network, and Crackle has uh, many episodes of it available. Still airing in syndication on the Family Network on Saturday mornings. He's in a National Lamp Robo Doc. RoboDoc. National Lampoon's Presents RoboDoc in 2008. Oh, dude, he might be one of my favorite actors right now. So, Parker Lewis was one of the first shows that had fan support on the internet. It was done through an email list called the Flamingo Digest. The Flamingo Digest. Several people from that list were invited to the set. Dude, I, I had the internet back then. Why didn't I use this? Because um, I, I was too busy looking at other stuff. And, like we said, part of the legacy, uh, Fall Out Boy released a song called Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Um, SWV, is it Sisters with Voices? Yeah. Uh, they mentioned the uh, Parker Lewis in their song called uh, Black Puddin'. Has a line, Parker Lewis Can't Lose in Santa Domingo. Naughty by Nature referenced Parker Lewis in their hit, Hip Hop Hooray. Childish Gambino. He uh, refers to the show in his well-known song, Pound Cake Freestyle. Okay. Um, House of Pain. Yeah, they did talk about it. And their song, Feel It, includes the line, I can't lose like Parker Lewis. I'm undefeated. Uh, And Family Guy. They mentioned him. They did a whole thing about him. Was it uh, Peter? He's like, you're not going to do another thing like you did your, your Parker Lewis phase. He's like, well, Parker Lewis can't lose, Lois. Yes. And he, he like, had his hair like him. He's wearing the shirts like him. Uh, and he, he then has a rant to Chris saying uh, that Parker Lewis can't lose. Yeah. So, yeah. So Parker Lewis can't lose. Fun show. Um, and like I said, one that I did actually watch. He should bring that back. Yeah, maybe. I would actually watch that. You get an older Parker Lewis. <laughs> yeah, middle-aged Parker Lewis. He's down he, on his luck. He still can't lose. <laughs> yeah. Like his friends remind him who he used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Parker Lewis lost. Parker Lewis lost, but he will win again. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> He's broke. He's down on his luck. <laughs> he had a gambling problem. <laughs> He's divorced. He started losing <laughs> yeah. at the track. He's like, I can't believe I lost. I lost. I never lose. I never lose. Remember back in the day, I never lost. Um, let's move on to this one. And this one I watched. It was on Saturday mornings. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a spinoff, but it was very similar to other shows we've talked about. And we'll talk about. It's called California Dreams. It was on NBC. California Love. No, not oh. that. No. Um, it... Uh, it followed, it was supposed to be a family sitcom, but it turned into just like a show that was on during the cartoons for kids. Yeah. Um, it followed the Garrison family who moved to Southern California from Iowa at some point in the series. They never said when. What part of Iowa? They don't say. Well, what the fuck? Probably like out by Des Moines. Um, <laughs> who knows? Out by Des Moines. I don't know. Um, so... The show's main characters were Matt Garrison and his younger sister, Jenny. 
And then they had their father, Richard, their mother, Melody, the youngest son, Dennis. And Matt and Jenny had a band called the California Dreams. And that drove the show's storylines and plot points. Matt was the group's leader, and Jenny was the pianist and vocalist. They had a bass player named Tiffany Smith, a drummer named Tony Wicks, and the teen manager, Sylvester Sly Winkle. That's a rip-off. What? They ripped it off. Sylvester Sly Stallone. Well, I think other people named Sylvester nope. were probably named Sly. Just Stallone. Okay. Um, you don't know. They... I, I do know. <laughs> it says it on Wikipedia. It's true. <laughs> Uh, the show's primary settings... You changed on Wikipedia. <laughs> I know you have. I think you changed Tom Cruise's Wikipedia or something. Oh, I think I did. Yes. Uh, the show's primary settings were the Garrison Home, the fat, fast food re- restaurant Sharky's, and Pacific Coast High School. So the, the... The show featured a lot of... The mascot was the Sharky's? No, that was the restaurant. Oh. Uh, well, their mascot was a baby shark. They uh, they would cut away and do music videos in the first season, but then they quit doing that. Thank God. Um, the only people who could get away with that was the monkeys. Yeah, and maybe and maybe the Partridge Family. Maybe. Uh, they they didn't like it, so they they revamped it in the second season, where they uh, they only involved the band and the family. They didn't do a lot of other storylines. And then they completely wrote out the family, I believe. And uh, How do they write out the family? They're the main characters. Like the, the, the fam- they just had the band. Oh. Um, but yeah, it ran for five seasons. Jesus. They, they, and they wrote, they, they just slowly wrote the family out of the show. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the the very last season, the the brother wasn't even in the show. Uh, they split them up because they were all going to different colleges. So, yeah, it's That's fucking funny. Yeah, so not a lot of people that even have Wikipedia pages were in this show. the The main people that that actually do. Uh, Heidi Nicole Linhart, which I don't know what the hell she's been in. Kelly Packard. Kelly, Kelly Packard. Packard. Yeah, we... I like we, her computers. She co-hosted uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Okay. She she's, does, like, hosting. I think she was on, like, Dog Eat Dog, maybe, that, that show. Um, oh, she was in one of your favorite shows. Which one? Baywatch. I knew I recognized that name. She also guest starred on The Wonder Years, Blossom, Step by Step, Boy Meets World, USA High, and The Wild Thornberries. That was a cartoon. As a child, she was a contestant on Bob Eubanks' daytime version of Card Sharks during Young People's Week. I thought Bob Eubanks was a sportscaster. Uh, no, that's, uh, uh, um, I know who you're thinking of. Bob Euchre. Yeah, 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 I like him. Yeah, he got choked by Under the Giant at WrestleMania. I remember that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, she hosted uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, she hasn't done anything since 2018. She was in a television movie called Family Vanished. 2015, she was in a uh, television movie called Stalked by My Neighbor. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, California Dreams. Um, I guess worth a mention, I remember it. I don't. I watched it. 
Um, and but, I, I probably did, but I don't fucking remember it. Especially if it was on Saturday morning. Well, and you said you remembered the, the song. Yes, you I remember the, the song. song. I did remember the song. Well, the reason that I brought that up is because there's another uh, Saturday morning television show that we wanted to... And I think this is the main reason we want to do this entire episode right yes. here. And that's Saved by the Bell. Because Zach Morris is a fucking dickhead. Here we go. He's what? a terrible friend. Oh, yeah, he was. Um, so... <laughs> and that's what we've been watching this whole time. This whole time we've been... Yeah, silent. We were watching Silent Saved by the Bell. And he's still a dick with no with no vocals. Yeah. Um, so this premiered in 1989 on and a they Sunday were, night. They were in junior high. But it, it premiered on Sunday night. Um, but then they moved it to Saturday mornings. And it was the flagship series on NBC's Saturday morning. What this was, when they were in junior high, it was a Disney Channel series called Good Morning Miss Bliss. Oh yeah, teacher. They had a teacher named Miss Bliss. Yeah, so that's where this show came from, and the show focused on a group of high school friends and their principal, Mister Belding, at Bayside High School in Los Angeles. It focused on lighthearted comedic situations, but would often touch on serious social issues, such as driving under the influence, homelessness, remarriage, death, women's rights, environmental issues, and drug use. Speed pills. That is probably one of the best-known clips from this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will we will be playing that. Right here. Tonight? Come on. Wait, what am I going to wear? Jesse, remember? Lisa's bringing your costume. Right, i got to wash my hair. No, there's no time. No time! There's never any time! I don't have time to study! I'll never get into Stanford! I'll let everyone down! I'm so confused! Jesse, hey! Hey, just calm down. It's okay. You're right. It's okay. Everything will be okay. Yeah. I just need one of these. Pills? You mean you really are taking drugs? I need them. Jesse, give me those. I need them, Zach! I have to sing! Jesse! You can't sing tonight. Yes, I can! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm so scared! Jesse, Jesse. So as you can see, she um, was very excited. She was extremely excited. Hadn't slept in like a week. Yeah, um, that was Elizabeth Berkeley uh, playing Jesse Spano. Tiffany Amber Thiessen also starred in this. We spoke about her earlier. Yes, she we she did. Uh, was on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. She she played Kelly Kapowski, Mario Lopez as uh, and she blossomed very well when she was in the Ladies Man. Yes, the Ladies Man. Mario Lopez was AC Slater. Uh, and that's pretty much the only thing he's ever really done. Uh, he's done other stuff. Nothing worth mentioning. He was like a... I think he was, he was like a talk show host and, yeah, and he, game he, show host. Game show host and stuff I like think that. He was on a, I think he was a host from Ripley's Believe It or Not. And he, I'm like, I can't believe been. Slater's on Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, Lark Voorhees played Lisa Tuttle. Um, Dustin Diamond played Screech Powers. Uh, he is now deceased. And Mark Paul Gosselier, who was your buddy, Zach Morse. Yeah. Now, he's gone on to do all kinds of stuff. I liked him in, um, what the hell is that movie called? Uh, well, let's just see what he's done. Um, so, film-wise, he was in uh, Dead Man on Campus. That's it. Yeah. That movie's fucking hilarious, and he's a 
He's a he's like a rich kid, mm-hmm. slacker stoner. He was in Specimen. Was he? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, also in a movie called Heist, where he played Marconi. A kid, mafia boss? Kid 90. Um, I don't know if he's a mafia boss or not, but... Uh, I think he's on NCIS or some shit now. Yeah, so television-wise, before this, he was on episodes of Highway to Heaven, Twilight Zone, Wonder Years, Punky Brewster, Charles in Charge. Then he was on Good Morning, Miss Bliss, Saved by the Bell. After that, he was on Saved by the Bell, The College Years. Saved by the Bell, Wedding in Las Vegas. Saved by the Bell, A New Class. Um, then he went on to be in uh, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, NYPD Blue, um, Robot Chicken, Rizzoli and Isley's, which I like that show. Um, 12 Dates of Christmas. No. That sounds like Zach Morris. Uh, he was in an episode of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Uh, that was a good show. Another CSI he uh, spinoff he was in. Um, he's been on Family Guy. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Probably playing Zach Morris. Um, Must have been. Like, maybe. He, he was, yeah, playing Zach Morris. Uh, what else has he done here? So, the Saved by the Bell reboot that they did. Oh, yeah, he's like the principal or some shit. And now he was in an episode playing himself, an episode of Barry. What the fuck is Barry? It's a uh, dark cro- uh, comedy crime drama series on HBO. Oh, nice. So yeah. he's had a pretty steady career. Yeah, he really has. Um, I think he's probably had the, the steadiest of careers. Uh, and we let's not forget Dennis Haskins. That played uh, Mr. Belding. Um, and he's done other things as well. Uh, he, This guy, I mean, he was a, he was an established star way, way before Saved by the Bell. He was in several episodes of the Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, though, would recycle their actors yeah. in different roles. He was in an uh, episode of uh, Magnum P.I. Oh, nice. Then he was in Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Then... Uh, all the Saved by the Bells. Every Saved by the Bell. Every yeah. Saved by the Bell he was he was in. Um, he was in Max Keeble's big movie. Um, Seventh Heaven. Jag. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I love that show. The Boys and Girls Guides to Getting Down. Robot Chicken. All, Mr. Belding. Every, yeah, he was Mr. Belding. Um, he was in Mad Men. He played a Cool Whip Test Kitchen scientist. In Mad, that sounds like something you would do. What was it called? Mad Men, but he was a Cool Whip test kitchen scientist. Oh, yeah. We should, we're going to do that after the show. <laughs> he was in A Million Ways to Die in the West. That movie that, is fucking hilarious. Who the fuck was he in that? The Snake Oil Salesman. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's still acting. Uh, he's, like, he's, he's in his 70s now. Yeah, yeah, he's still, is, he, is he still alive? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's, still, he's still acting. So... Um, we got Saved by the Bell. Oh, we should talk about these other people. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. So, of course, this is probably what she was best known for. Was this. Was this. But she also appeared on episodes of Charles in Charge, Married with Children, The Hogan Family, Step by Step, Blossom. Uh, Of course, all of these Saved by the Bells. 
Beverly Hills 90210, like we spoke of. Uh, and then she went in to do, like, those Lifetime movies. Stranger Beside Me, She Fought Alone. Um, she was on an episode of News Radio, Two Guys and a Girl, eight episodes of that. Just Shoot Me. I don't know if she was on Just Shoot Me. Yeah, three episodes of that. Okay. Fast Lane, which was uh, on Fox. I didn't even heard of that. Um, what else did she do here? One of them fly-by-night TV shows. Yeah, do 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 Dinner at Tiffany's. She had a cooking channel series. I, you know, I do remember that. Food Network star. Uh, right now, she is the host of Deliciousness. Well, that's going to get DVR'd. Deliciousness is uh, an American comedy clip show. So it's like ridiculousness. Yeah. But it showcases theme uh, food theme videos. I think that just came out. I think it just started. Uh, yeah, it did. Uh, as far as film-wise... She was in Son-in-Law, Speedway Junkie, From Dusk Till Dawn 2, Texas Blood Bunny, Love Stinks, The Ladies Man, Shriek If You Know What I Did Last Friday the 13th. That movie is so bad. Uh, she was in Cyborg Soldier. She was in a few music videos, um, Vertical Horizon, You're a God, and Ben Lee, American Television. Those are the music videos? Those are music videos that she was in. I wonder who are they? Who are they, who are they, that's who are they by? Uh, Vertical Horizon. I've never even heard of these bands. Vertical Horizon. You know, you would know a song, one like one or two songs. Okay. Others. Ben Lee. I don't. I'm not sure who he's. Uh, I don't. Know. He that's was like a noise addict. He's Australian. Oh. He was in the Rage in Placid Lake. Okay. Um. Dustin Diamond now. He he did a lot of stuff. He did some other stuff. Uh, he was a professional wrestler for Memphis Championship Wrestling in 2000. Um, no shit. Yeah. He uh, challenged the bellkeeper in TNA to a boxing match. Um, he was on Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Why are you pulling another shield? Um. So let's see what, what, what he did. He was on The Wonder Years for a couple episodes. Uh, he was on The Munsters Today for an episode. All the Saved by the Bells. I think he he was on like the main role of the new class. Yeah. Um, he was in Polly Shore's Dead and Dickie Roberts' former child star. <laughs> he was good in that. Yes. He's like, you guys had limos? He was on Celebrity Fit Club. Which I don't know why because... For was- a couple of... He got kind of kind of big. Oh, he did get kind of chubby there for a while, didn't he? He was in the uh, Insane Clown Posse's movie, Big Money Rustlers. He played the man in the outhouse. Okay. He was on Celebrity Celebrity Big Brother. And most recently, in 2017, he was in Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Um, what else was he in? Tetherball, the movie? I've never heard of that. I have not either. Um, he was in a, a show called uh, Porn Dogs. The Adventures of Sadie. Oh, he was in American Pie Presents the Book of Love. One of those American Pie... That nobody's seen. Yeah. Um, he, they were trying to national lampoon it. Right. Uh, he was in a band. He formed the alternative metal band called Salty the Pocket Knife. Uh, he played bass and wrote much of the music. Nice. They split up after recording their first album. Hmm. 
It's weird. He hosted the gathering of the Juggalos. I mean, so he... He was a Juggalo. He was a Juggalo, apparently. Uh, he also... Um, he also had a sex tape. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, it was called uh, Screeched, Saved by the Smell. That just sounds terrible. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go watch it. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Screech that way. He said that the tape got leaked out because he and a group of his friends had a monthly gathering where they would exchange tapes like this. What? Yeah. They would exchange porn? Then he did an interview on the Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey Network where he claimed he was not in that tape, but it was a stunt double with his likeness superimposed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Screech, and then he did actually put out his own side of the story, uh, called, uh, Beyond, Behind the Bell. Yeah. And he just said that, it's like his experiences on the show. Um, he said that most of the book was fabricated, and he had made minor statements, and they blew him out of proportion. So I, you know, I kind of feel like Dustin Diamond kind of got the raw end of the deal on all of this. He was kind of the black sheep of the Saved by the Bell cast. Oh, no shit. I feel. Um, he did stand-up comedy and toured after Saved by the Bell was over. Um, and he would get beyond reality shows like The Weakest Link, Celebrity Boxing. And you know, then he, was, he did cameo work up until... He got he sick. got sick, yeah, and uh, passed away from uh, cancer, I believe. Um, so yeah, they did a uh, they did a tribute to him in NASCAR because he was a spokesman for the insurance king. Okay, and yeah, he died of uh, of lung cancer in two thousand twenty one at age forty four. Um, so. The insurance king partnered with uh, Josh Billicky, driver of the number 52 car, Rick Ware Racing Ford, and they ran a tribute car for him. Nice. It was the insurance king Dustin Diamond car. He finished 18th in the uh, Brickyard. It's not bad. That's not great, but it's not bad. It, well, it's, and it's because the founder of Insurance King and Dustin Diamond were close friends, and... He said that everyone he was surrounded with was because of who he was. He said he had a few people who were around him because of the person, and the people were treating were the people that weren't treating him like he was Screech. They could actually talk to him and give him tough love. Yeah, but he didn't really have a lot of people that were his friends. It was more of a business relationship. So this guy was his actual close friend, Dan Block, the founder of Insurance King. So I, I really do think that because of the goofiness of Screech and all of that, I think he kind of got the short end of the stick. Yeah, it sounds like it. Really. Um, so, yeah. And it was, I remember when he passed. It was it was sad, you know, because he kind of, I feel, was kind of on his way to redemption of some sort. Yeah. And he didn't quite get there. Uh, there is, uh, well, Mario Lopez, we need to touch on what he's done. Um. He actually has been in a lot of movies. Really? Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
anything worth mentioning. Aloha Scooby-Doo. Oh. Um, so he's done voice acting. He played himself in Get Him to the Greek. He, oh, yeah. He was social Smurf in the Smurfs 2. He was in. He was the dog's voice in The Dog Who Saved Easter and The Dog Who Saved Summer. It's a good dog. Yeah. So he was in Kids Incorporated before. Oh, yeah. He was a little kid. Yeah. Um, I used to watch that show all the time when I was little. For three years, three seasons, he was in that. Uh, he was on an episode of The Golden Girls. He was in all the Saved by the Bells. He was, he was on an episode of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Masters of the Maze, he was the host. Uh, so that's where he got, I think, his, he found his niche. He's he, been a host on a lot of shows. Yeah, he was a host of The Other Half, Pet Star. Uh, he was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. And that dude can dance. Yeah. He had a reoccurring role on Nip Tuck. He was in a television movie called Holiday in Handcuffs. He was a host of Miss Universe 2007. Um, was a host of America's Best Dance Crew, America's Top Pop Group. Of course, he played A.C. Slater on Robot Chicken. He was a host of many segments on the TV show Extra. Extra was like the Entertainment Tonight. Oh, yeah, show. yeah. Um, then he hosts like the Disney Parks Christmas Day Parade. Uh, yeah, he hosted a lot of stuff. Uh, he was in Greece Live. Who was he in Greece? Greece Live. Uh, Vince Fontaine. Okay. It was a little television movie that they did. Um, he was a voice role in The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle in two, uh, 2018 and 19. Hey, Rocky. Yeah. So, I mean, he's Access Hollywood. He's a host of Access Hollywood. That's what he does now. now. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And he yeah, was on. He found his he found his niche, dude. Yeah, he hosted several Miss Universe pageants. He was on Family Guy. So he's made it. Everybody's been on. Yeah, you haven't made it unless you're on a Family Guy or, or The Simpsons. Right. Uh, did, we, did we talk about Lark, Lark Voorhees? Uh, which one's that? Uh, that's Lisa Tuttle. No, we haven't. So she did a few things. Small Wonder, we talked about that a while back. She was in Half-Baked. Or no, How High. Was she in How High? Yeah. Was she? Yeah, she was the girlfriend in How High. I'll be down. I did not know that. She was on Malcolm and Eddie, uh, The Love Boat, The Next Wave. Uh, I think she was on, like, uh, Young and the Restless or some shit. Yep, yep. Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives, yeah. Uh, Robot Chicken. She was on Robot Chicken. with. It's the same episode that all of these people were on. So, I mean, she, she has had a successful career, but most of it is... Uh, kind of centered around Saved by the Bell. Uh, yeah, she was Lauren in How High. And uh, a handful of films. She's been nominated and or won several awards. But the one that we want to talk about, Elizabeth Berkley. Jesse Spano. Jesse Spano. So Jesse Spano, she was in a movie called Frog. Frog. 1987. Um, she was in Point Break, but her scene was deleted. Oh, no shit. Yeah. But, I mean, she, she, she's she been in a lot of different shit. First Wives Club, Real Blonde, um, Becoming Dick. What? Becoming Dick. 
Um, S. Darko, which was the Donnie Darko sequel. Okay. I didn't know there was a sequel to Donnie Darko. Yeah, it's called S. Darko. The movie was good enough, I mean. But most notably, she was in Showgirls. She had the best Mm. scenes. (laughs) And Showgirls. Yep. So, Showgirls is, it was a bomb. Uh, it had an NC-17 rating. It was about... It was the first movie with an NC-17 rating. One of them, yes. Uh, it's it, it's an erotic drama uh, that she play, She goes to Vegas to become a showgirl, but it got the NC-17 rating because it has nudity and erotic sexuality throughout with some graphic languages and some sexual violence. Um, it was the first and only NC-17 rated film to be given a wide wide release in mainstream theaters. Uh, the distributor, United Artists, they put several hundred staffers in theaters to make sure that people were not sneaking into the film and to make sure that everyone was over the age of 17. They said that it was, it, it just, it was a failure. But it did enjoy success on the home video market. So it grossed thirty-seven million in the theater, grossed over a hundred million in video rentals, and that's why they it became it turned a profit. Became one of MGM's top twenty all-time bestsellers. Really? Yes. They prepared an R-rated cut for the rental outlets that would not carry the NC seventeen films. It is on Tubi. But they only cut three Pluto. minutes out of it. You can watch it on Tubi and Pluto, and they made a sequel. Yeah, I don't think she was in the sequel. I'm looking. Uh, it was considered one of the worst films ever made. No, she is not in this. She's not in the sequel. Uh, I believe it won a Razzie as well. Hey, an award's an award. Um. So Razzies, it won worst picture, worst director, uh, worst actor, was nominated. Worst actress, she won. It was nominated for worst supporting actor twice. Worst supporting actress. Twice, one worst screenplay, one worst couple, and one worst screen couple for any combination of two people or two body parts. It won worst new star. Her two body parts were fine. It won worst original song. Um, it won worst picture of the decade, of the night, the, the entire nineties. Yeah, that's got to say something. She was nominated for worst actress of the century. Did she get it? I uh, know. The Stinkers Movie Awards, uh, they gave it Worst Picture. So, But it has achieved cult status. So there's that. I can't believe that came out in 95. Yeah. So, um, But if you want to watch the movie, it's on Tubi and Pluto TV for free. Or you can go rent it from Redbox. Are there still Redboxes around? This is Redbox Online. Huh. So the reason that they made Saved by the Bell... Back to Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> the reason that they made it is because they knew that they wanted to, to expand on Good Morning, Miss Bliss. But they knew that the show would not be successful if it was just based on Miss Bliss herself. So well, they, they, they... They ended up getting rid of Miss Bliss. Yeah. After like the, a season or two, she was gone. Uh, so they, they decided that they needed to build the show around the students and push the teachers into the background. Yeah. So the first character that they envisioned was Zach Morris. He was going to be that incorrigible kid who could lie to your face. 
letting you know very well that he's lying, but make you love him for it at the same time. And that's why we loved Zach Morris, even though he's a fucking prick. They insisted that the show could not go on without Zach Morris, but he was the most difficult character to cast. They finally found 14-year-old Mark Paul Gosseler. He had charisma, charm, and good looks, and was immediately given the role. The next character that they had to cast was Screech. And they read through a number of kids. And then they scheduled a second audition for the finalists. And uh, Mark Paul was the one that insisted that Dustin Diamond was right for the part. Because he believed that Dustin Diamond was Screech in real life. And when he was given the part, they misread his bio they realized he was considerably younger than the rest of the cast. Oh, no shit. And had they known that, they probably wouldn't have cast him. Lisa Turtle. I always say Tuttle. It's Lisa Turtle. Turtle. She was originally supposed to be a rich Jewish princess from Long Island, obsessed with shopping. While casting the role, uh, Lark Voorhees was brought in, and he rewrote the character to fit her. Nice. Um, Then Principal... Building, Gerald Belding. Uh, he was on Good Morning, Miss Bliss. He was an older, humorless man, and he was played by a different different actor. But in the in the Saved by the Bell, they changed it to Richard Belding and cast Dennis Haskins, and they rewrote him to have a different sense of humor and to be much younger. So you can see where they retooled it. They had their their four actors, and then they decided, okay, who are we going to have for... And all those people were, were characters, at least, were on Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Yeah. So they retooled it. They decided they needed more people. They, they kept those four, and they fired the rest of the cast. And they decided they're just going to make new characters. So A.C. Slater was conceived to be a young John Travolta type who would be an army brat and wear a leather jacket. They wanted him to be Italian-American, but they could not cast anyone. So they decided to open it up to other ethnicities. And Mario Lopez, from Kids Incorporated, auditioned for the role. They decided he was the best for the role, and he cast him. Then Kelly Kapowski was next. They narrowed it down to three actresses. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Elizabeth Berkley, and Jenny Garth. No shit. And, uh... Tiffany Amber Thiessen originally had auditioned to be in Good Morning, Miss Bliss. So they thought that she was the perfect all-American girl. They felt that Elizabeth Berkeley would be a more relatable character, though. So they, they had a read-through with them, and Tiffany ended up winning the read-through. But they didn't want to lose Elizabeth Berkeley because they thought that she would be the strongest actor you know, she was the strongest actress that they had seen yeah. during the casting. So, they auditioned her for the love interest of Zach Morris on Good Morning, Miss Bliss. But she lost the role because she was so much taller than Mark Paul at the time. So, now they thought that maybe her height was a little more even. She could be perfect on Saved by the Bell. But they didn't have any luck casting Jesse Spano. Because they wanted her to be a strong feminist, activist, straight-A student. So they decided that Elizabeth Berkeley was the perfect fit. 
And to round out the new cast, they found a real-life magician named Ed Alonzo. Oh, he was the, uh... He was Max. Yeah, yeah, he was the guy who won Max's. Yeah, he, he ran the Max, which was the gang's frequent cafe hangout. And he always would perform magic tricks tableside for him. Um, he only lasted throughout the first season, though. And then he had one guest appearance during season two, and he was gone. Now, this thing was shot all the way through their high school career. But Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Elizabeth Berkeley decided to leave the show. And they knew they could not replace the roles of Kelly and Jesse, but they didn't want Lisa to be the only girl on the show. So Tori Scott was created as a cool but pretty biker girl who would also be the new love interest for Zach. And she would also be his nemesis, so they would have like a love-hate type relationship. Yep. And they couldn't really develop a new second girl, so they just had minor characters that would be reoccurring. So from that, they had four seasons. Saved by the Bill only had four seasons. No shit. I guess four years of high school. Yeah. But it spawned, I guess, a spinoff? And their, their college years. Well, first it was Hawaiian style. Saved by the Bell Hawaiian style. Yeah, that one didn't last very long. That was more of like a, a film. Um, and they vacationed in Hawaii. So a long as vacation. But Mr. Belding happened to also be in Hawaii. For some damn reason. Why the hell would your principal go on vacation with you? He was a nice he, they you know, they they all connected. I'm sure. He probably he's probably there to keep Zach out of trouble. Probably. Well, then they tried a third incarnation of the film. Only ran for one season. It was Saved by Bill the College Years. That was in prime time. And after they canceled it, it was on a cliffhanger. So NBC wanted some conclusion of the story. So Zach and Kelly got engaged. The finale was Saved by the Bell Wedding in Las Vegas. It had... Zach, Kelly, Slater, Screech, and Lisa traveling to Las Vegas so that Zach and Kelly could elope after their parents disapproved of their impending marriage. So this thing has been on all the home, you know, home video and whatever. Um, and has experienced, you know, a, a successful run. Then it had two spinoffs. Well, the two spinoffs. So one was the college years. Yep. Um, in which... Only Zack Slater and Screech attended California University. And then they had New Girls, and then Kelly later joined the cast. They said that it had decent viewership, but it declined because the competition was Full House and Rescue 911. Okay. So it only lasted one season. The final episode led directly into the... Uh, like we said, the the wedding in Las Vegas. But in 93, they decided they wanted to try it out again. So Saved by the Bell, the new class. New characters. The the only ones that I think stuck around were uh, Mr. Belding and Screech. Yeah, that's right. Screech was the administrative assistant to Mr. Belding. Saved by the Bell, the new class ran for seven seasons. Wow. Only Mr. Belding, Dennis Haskins, was the consist- only consistent uh, cast member. 
They said it was not generally well-received, and it failed to recapture the charm of the original series. Then how the hell did it get seven seasons? Somebody liked it. So it's had reunions. Um, People Magazine did a, a, a nice reunion photo spread, but they didn't invite Dustin Diamond because he had poor relations with the rest of the cast. They edited him out of the original cast photo that was used on the cover. And they, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, he really got the shit end of it. Uh, I was surprised he stayed on as long as he did. Well, then later, they did a Saved by the Bell Saw parody on uh, Robot, Robot Chicken. Chicken. Yeah. And Dustin Diamond was back for that. It had uh, Dennis Haskins, Dustin Diamond, Mark Paul Gosselier, and uh, Lark Voorhees, and uh, Mario Lopez. Did he kill everybody? Uh, yes. Then they appeared on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And Dustin Diamond did not participate in that. So, you know... He kind of got the shit into the stick. He got the shit into the stick on everything. And I don't think he deserved it. No. Um, They revived it in in, uh, 2020. They had a new group of Bayside High students... And Zach Morris was the governor of California. That's right. Yeah, he was the governor. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Berkeley and Mario Lopez were the only original cast members to be reprising their roles. But then, of course, Zach Morris came back in a few episodes. Tiffany Thiessen, she dropped the amber. She came back. Um, Lark Voorhees came back eventually. And... Ed Alonso came back to uh, to be Max. So, I think that only lasted like a season. a season. And it went away. But they have put out 21 novelizations of the uh, of the show. So there have been 21 books made. Um, several unofficial books. Comic books. There was a Behind the Bell book that we talked about with, uh, with Dustin Diamond. Bayside the Musical was an unauthorized parody. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it's at. But I think Saved by the Bell, out of the shows we talked about, 90210 and Saved by the Bell, of course, the reasons we wanted to do this show, I think they were two of the most influential shows of this generation and genre of shows. Oh, yeah, totally. But we had to acknowledge the shows that came before because they were all inspirational in creating those two shows. And then the ones that spun off from it. So you still see hints of both shows on TV today. So they did kind of change pop culture. And what do you think? I think so. I mean, it helped influence a lot of kids in our generation. Um, Saved by the Bill was classified as educational informational, much like us. We are. And we're going to get that grant. And it was named... One of the 20 best school shows of all time. Which we were not going to get that award. We might. Well, we're not really a school show, but... We're educational. It's kind of like a school. Yeah, kind of. We have educational properties. Yeah, we do. So, anything else you want to talk about with any of these shows? No, I think we've covered a lot of different... A lot of shows about teenagers. We really have. So, you know... 
I know we grew we grew up on this stuff. We and, and now and again it's fun to go back and rewatch uh, some of them. I feel uh, so. Yeah, get your little nostalgia kick. Jump in because we've told you this. These things are still around. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this up, and we can wrap this up. Shall we? Uh, should, should we give them a little teaser of what they might hear next week? Yeah, let's give them a little teaser. Next week, what we have planned is to address some of the talk shows that came out, uh, like in the 80s and 90s. So you might hear names such as Phil Donahue, Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo. Ger- yes, yeah, that was Rico Suave. Um, Rico Suave. Suave. I, I, I. Um, and uh, Sally Jesse Raphael, Maury Povich, Maury. things like that. Before Maury Povich became... You're the daddy. Yes. He, actually, <laughs> he was actually a really good TV talk show host. Yeah, and we'll address all that next week. So, little teaser. We actually, after two seasons, we've kind of started to get our shit together. Yeah, a little bit. Don't worry, it's all going to fall off the rails. Like it usually does. Like it always does. But that's our plan. So, all right. Well, uh, these people have probably heard enough of us babbling on for two hours. Yeah. So, uh for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power, I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next week. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Hey. What? It's all right, because we're saved by the bell. It's all right. Because <laughs> we're saved by the bell. Don't do that again. Saved by the bell. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>
focused I'm green but I'm wise I'm hard but I'm friendly Baby I'm sad but I'm laughing I'm brave but I'm chicken shit I'm sick but I'm pretty